The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to another fun, exciting edition of the Very Poorly Made Police Memes Podcast. My name is Lenny, and I'm losing my voice again. I know I have a face for radio, but I don't even have a voice for radio. Come on, it's bullshit. But anyway, podcast, I've got a uh, LAPD copper and his wife who uh, works in a local detention facility in the area. Come on the podcast, so we talk LA things, LAPD things, in and out, all kinds of good shit. So I think you guys will enjoy the podcast. Instagram, you guys... Had some fucking awesome questions. It was pretty funny. Before we get into the podcast, I got to give big thanks to my friends over at OfficerPrivacy.com. You guys know I've been talking about them for a while. Let me throw a little scenario to you. You hook some guy. He looks at your badge. When he gets out, he Googles your name, Googles your city. All of a sudden, this dude's on your front porch. You're not home. Your kids are home. Grandma and grandpa are there. It's not a good situation. Have a little peace of mind. Take care of your privacy. Sign up for officerprivacy.com. It's uh, pretty crazy how much information about yous on these people search sites. That's why I signed up for officerprivacy.com. Granted, I'm not in law enforcement at this moment, but I don't want to get doxxed. I don't want people finding my information out. I don't want to have to deal with all that crap even out here in the middle of the cornfield. That's why I pay for the service. It's great peace of mind. As you guys know, Office of Privacy has a couple different options. You got the do-it-yourself option. You sign up. They uh, have easy, custom-to-use software, and so you can quickly navigate through the top 30 people search sites and delete your information. And they provide access to that software free for 14 days. Plenty of time to go through and delete everything. Or sign up for the premium service, and they take care of all of that for you. That's what I did. You sign up and OfficerPrivacy.com staff of current and former U.S.-based law enforcement officers will remove you from the top 30 people search sites. Then they monitor those sites, and if you show up again, they remove you again. Easy as that. So go check them out, OfficerPrivacy.com. All right, it's a little bit longer podcast, so uh, we'll get right into it. Play a little bit of music from Apollo's Army, and this is their song, The Life Ahead. And we'll be right back with the podcast.
All right, now the moment you didn't know you've been waiting for. I have from the finest city on the West Coast. That's a lie. It's not the finest city. But I have two folks from Los Angeles. I have Eddie, who works at LAPD, and I have Jamie, who works at one of the fine detention centers in the area on the podcast tonight. We'll start with Eddie. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How you doing? I am, uh, you know, hanging out in the dungeon, making a podcast in the middle of fucking Iowa like normal people do. That's the life. It is the life. Jamie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I I just answered that. You're going to make me answer well, again? Whatever. God damn it. <laughs> we already <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> it's all right. It's like and that is uh, the end of the podcast. And that's it. Yeah. Thanks for your yeah. sponsor. Are you guys having anything to drink for this uh, monumentous occasion? I'm having a, a hard bottle of water next to me. And uh, same over here. We're very yeah. interesting people. Hard core. I'm also only drinking water today. So the PBT gag is going to have to be on hold for about a month. I've decided that uh, I've gotten rather rotund. I need to get serious. So it turns out when you drink heavily twice a week recording podcasts, it's not so great for your health. So I'm going oh. to take, take a month off. My liver will thank me later. What a thought. Yeah. What a thought. So enough about me. Let's talk about you guys a little bit. So how long have you guys been married for? How long have you guys known each other? Uh feels like a hundred years, but it's been wow. about two and a half. Two and a half married. And we've been together to for and we're together for like seven years. Okay. Has he already forgotten the anniversary date? Yeah. Well, he forgot our dating anniversary. I had to bring it up to him. He didn't even do anything, but whatever. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, <laughs> you didn't. Okay. I, yeah, that's true. Oh, <laughs> okay. This is, let's have an honest conversation though. I know my dating anniversary, but once you guys get married, do you really got to do both? Yes. Why? Uh, apparently. I, I, like, yeah. I like to go out a lot. So it's like more of an occasion to go out. Uh, and there's lots of things to do in L.A., right? Oh, yeah. Totally. L.A. So, Jamie, are you a native of L.A.? Um, yeah. Oh, wow. I, didn't, I just thought everybody moved there. I didn't know anybody was actually from there. Yeah, there's a lot of people who've, like, grown up here, like, their whole lives. And, uh, yeah, that's basically it. Have you ever been outside of L.A.? Or is your existence L.A.? So growing up, I lived in Arizona for about three years. And so that was a really cool experience. I miss it sometimes just because life is just so much more slow paced than it is in L.A. Um, but Eddie's never really lived outside of California. Pretty much my whole life. Uh, besides traveling, I never lived anywhere else. So, yeah, L.A. for life, live or die. <laughs> Where did you guys meet? Do you guys meet on the job or no? We actually met before uh, we came on the job. So we, we knew each other through uh, college and stuff. So, uh, yeah, we, we didn't meet on the job like some of these other couples. You know, we're, we're uh, legit like that. So Wait, yeah, like did you guys meet on OkCupid or did you actually meet in real life? We met in real life. Good for you. That doesn't happen very often. I feel like a lot of people I know have been set up online. That is true. And like, it's funny when we see our like partners where they go on dating apps 
and then they see like people from work and then they'll just like start dating. And I'm just like, but you guys work in the same department. Like you guys should have met each other already. Well, and then there's that whole rule of uh, don't shit where you eat too. You got to be cautious of. True. Very true. Yeah, that's true. I've seen that end pretty poorly in multiple occasions. <laughs> did you guys both want to be cops or did one of you get into the profession and then the other one's like, well, fuck, I want to do that. Or how'd that come about? So pretty much since uh, high school, middle school, I've always wanted to be a cop. I thought it was the coolest shit ever. Um, it was kind of a dream profession for me. And then, you know, I came on the job and all of a sudden the bubble burst. But we'll talk about that later. You poor soul. And then for me, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I just knew that I wanted to do something pertaining to law and helping others. And basically, I think I was like 21. I volunteered for the probation department, which runs like juvenile hall and stuff. And so I volunteered there. And then I realized I really like the custody setting, which is really weird because a lot of people think of law enforcement as like the patrol aspect of it. But I learned to love law enforcement due to the custody aspect of it. And so that's one of the reasons why I joined the sheriff's department, because I wanted to work in custody. Uh, But later on, I would like to do patrol. But it's just that was the thing that just really opened my eyes to law enforcement. How long have you been? working for the so um about three years okay now i guess here's where we'll start the the fun cop stuff well fun quote unquote so you started kind of pre-covid then right yes how has life in the jails changed pre-covid to now and is it back to normal it's not back to normal um it's honest. I think it's gotten worse because of the fact that before COVID, we could discipline the inmates in like we had more options to discipline inmates. For example, we would be able to write them up more. And if the more write ups that they got in jails, they would be able to go to like a single man cell so that you know, they can spend time in solitude to think about like their actions about why they're misbehaving and all that. COVID took that away. And COVID also just, it made the deputies that I worked with more conscious of what they're doing because now we have to wear a mask. If we don't wear a mask, we get written up. And I feel like that's a lot of departments are going through issues like that, which is sad because when we're running to some place where a deputy or a staff member is being assaulted by an inmate, they will write you up for not wearing your mask when your main focus should be to help your partners out or help any staff member out. Are you guys still doing the mask thing? Yeah. In custody, it's a huge thing, but for my department, for the patrol aspect of it, it doesn't matter because they're outside. But since we're inside and since um, the ACLU has really cracked down on the mask, um, wearing masks inside custody, that's why we have to wear masks. It's because of the ACLU. Wow. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jamie, but it's, I think their, their whole rationale is like to protect the inmates from COVID and from you dirty deputies. Right. So, yeah, that is true, but then they harm themselves in other ways. So, but of course that's never taken into account. So in, so that sucks. Meth is okay though. Yeah, it is. Hey, it's your liber- it's civil liberties. That's your right to, you know, go do meth and fight a dumpster. Yeah. 
Now, Eddie, how long have you worked for LA PD? So I've been on the job for a little over four years now. I came on before COVID and right before the whole George Floyd thing popped off and uh, all the changes that came with that. So it was, it was a, if it, it was a different night and day for me. LAPD, I guess, in my mind, it, I, I don't know what other people are going to think about this, but in my opinion of like the big city departments, generally prior to recent events, LAPD seems to have their shit together the best. Don't get me wrong. Like there's good guys out in Chicago and New York, but it just, it seems as a whole, like the, when you picture LAPD, you picture like, you know, I guess cops, you know what I mean? Where sometimes in New York, you get like the slob or, all right, that's not fair. But you know what I'm saying? Like it just LAPD seems to be the more professional out of the big three police departments. Is that a fair assessment on your part? Somebody that works there? Um, yeah. You know what? So I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up because growing up, I always had that similar perception as well. And I, I've always wanted to be an LAPD copper and a big, bad LAPD coppers and, watching uh you know i grew up watching and watch southland that kind of stuff so that was my main motivation to pick that specific agency and you know seeing the clientele they dealt with you know in my mind that was considered real police work but coming on the job uh lapd is is i feel like it's just like any other large agency it's it's professional it's got a really great tradition it's got a lot of that but there's a lot of uh terrible communication all the you know, bureaucrats, all that stuff too. So there's, there's good and bad, but I, I don't, I, I wouldn't say it's uh, better than, I don't know, Chicago or New York or anything like that, but uh, there's, there's definitely pros and cons to working okay. for LAPD. This is a weird thing and, and full transparency. I'm a fat guy, but I, I don't think I've ever seen a fat LA cop. Oh, they're out there. They're okay. Out there, for all sure. Right. Yeah. You haven't seen Eddie. It's it, the, uh, oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, no, the, uh, I think the darker uniform conceals it better. That's, that's what it is. No patches. The patches kind of go wide if you're, if you're a big guy, right? So also, if I may add in LA, the healthy lifestyle is a huge deal. So that benefits in LA. Us. Oh yeah. Yes. Kombucha in LA. Salads. Hiking. Do you guys go for hikes? Lots of hikes. I wish I could say I did. I probably should, but I'm probably uh, I'm probably more similar in size to you than anything. So I always uh, want to go on a hike, and Eddie doesn't want to. Eddie, go for a fucking hike, man. Hey, you fucking you go on a hike, dude. I would. There's no mountains here. You can hike through the cornfields. It's flat. It's weird. And then there's you know like the children in the corn follow you around. It's fucking weird. But so, I gotta say, we did we did do a really good workout this morning. So that's true. Yeah, first time in a while for me, anyway. <laughs> what's the what's the hike where you go through the little tunnel, like where they did the Batman movies? I did that one when I was out there. I'm not LA enough for that one. I don't I don't think I actually know. That it sounds one. like you just went through a sewer. It wasn't a sewer. I don't know. <laughs> they fuck you. Um, it was. <laughs> Uh, it was a, I know there was a tunnel up there and I think when we got to the other side of it, you could see the Hollywood sign. So here's the thing. I, on my days off, I kind of stay out of LA because I don't want to fucking get shanked. So I, 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 so, you know, that already kind of dimed me out, but I don't live in the city and I don't really ever plan on it. So I try to stay out of there on my days off. So if I were to take a hike, probably wouldn't be near the Hollywood sign. 
Fair enough. Well, I guess to me as an outsider, basically everything in Southern California is LA. Yeah, I can I can see that perception. Yeah. But I mean, LA is what the third biggest city in the country, right? Yeah. Or is it the biggest? You should know. It's the third biggest. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about policing in LA. So things of, you know, you, you started right before everything got crazy. What, what were the biggest things that you noticed from really when you started to now, what, what have the big changes been? So big changes, there's been a lot of uh, changes in regards to uses of force and how that's reviewed. Uh, One thing that I thought was interesting is that uses of force. Now, if you go hands on with somebody and your hand kind of, narrowly grabs uh, the back or the front of somebody's neck just you know for control or something it's automatically turned into a categorical use of force which is kind of like a shooting or something that results in serious bodily injury so i I don't know if you ever look at the youtube videos that lapd puts out but a lot of them you're like really did they need to put this out there as a video like it's just a regular use of force where somebody had to maybe use the back of somebody's neck for control but that's that that was interesting to me seeing that change especially since george floyd um, another thing is uh, command and control. Now they're kind of harping on everybody I've seen has responsibility to keep control of the situation, right? So it's like you can't just rely on a supervisor to be uh, in control of the situation anymore. If the supervisor is not there, then whoever's highest ranking or highest seniority I've seen is, uh, is pretty much the guinea pig or the, the person responsible for all the actions of the other officers. Well, let's 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 talk about that a little bit. And then I, I want to talk a little bit about the, the, the next thing. And then we'll, we'll, I know there's probably been a ton of changes. We'll, we'll get into some more of those, but the control thing, that's, that's interesting. So the way that if I understand that right is instead of whoever's primary, whoever's, you know, cause we, we kind of had a thing where the primary officer, like it was their call. You know, if you were the first dispatched, it's your call until, you know, unless the beat officer shows up and takes it or whatever, but generally that would be the beat officer. They were the one in control and it, and it didn't matter if they had two years or five years on, but you know, if the, you know, seven year guy saw something and said, Hey, you know, think about this or whatever, then he could step in and help. But there wasn't like a, I guess there wasn't like a hierarchy on a call. Is that what it is now? So it still kind of remains the way you said it. So if you're the primary unit of the call, if you bought the call or the calls in your area, it's, it's still your call. But if it turns into something more like a, like a perimeter or some sort of barricaded suspect, or a, let's say it's like an active uh, gunfight and the suspect firing at you, then it's going to turn into, you know, oh, well, now that this crazy nonsense has started, who's really in charge, right? And it's going to be whoever has the most time on or the highest serial number or, i'm sorry this the lowest serial number and then the whoever has the highest rank there so they're, they're gonna be like okay so what did you do to take him in control the situation that's fucking nuts i mean yeah. I, a i would think on a call like that as a supervisor showing up anyway but now some crazy call hope happens and some guy that's in the middle of it he's got to fucking eat crow if there's a mistake on the call Right. And, and so I'll give you an example. So if it's because, uh, you, know, you know, we work two man cars. So let's say two two units. So that's four officers getting a pursuit. Right. And the supervisor's trying to catch up and, you know, they'll never catch up because that, that never happens. But but then the, during that time of the pursuit, whoever is the lowest serial number or the highest ranking officer in that group 
that's the person that's in charge or they call it the incident commander. So that's the person responsible. And basically it all kind of falls back on them. Like, hey, so why didn't you decide to terminate? Why didn't you decide to, uh, you know, get the airship into tracking and whatnot? So all that kind of, they, they're always looking for somebody to blame. That's kind of how it goes. You guys get to get in pursuits? We're not, they, they try to keep us from doing it and then we do it and then we get benched. So that's kind of how that goes. Okay. Well, yeah, I was just surprised that you guys have any pursuits are allowed. I mean, it's getting to the point in most places where you could murder somebody and they call off the pursuit because the, the conditions are too dangerous to chase the murderer. The other pity is interesting in that it's technically, if you read the policy, it's, it seems generous, but then the practice of how they review it and how they, they treat you for doing these pursuits is where you're kind of like, ah, okay, so that's where they try to keep you from doing pursuits is by, you know, you know, uh, they, they're always trying to find a way to bench you and when you do too many pursuits. So w when you mean bench, what do you mean by that? So benching an officer, basically you take him out of patrol or you put him in a, in like a, so we have a kit room, like where the equipment room where they just check stuff out to people or they'll put them on the, the, the desk, the front desk. So that's how they keep people out of, out of trouble is making them do stuff like that. Or uh, I got you. lots I of places to hide. Or I remember Eddie told me the story about how um, these two officers who are partnered up together, they got split apart. That's another reason. That's another way that they could like fuck you over. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so LAPD, the cool thing is you can request to work with somebody if you're friends with them. I have a good partner. He and I have been partners for a few years now. And we're good friends. But that's like that's a thing that motivates us to not get into pursuits is like, ah, man, we don't want to get split up because it's a lot more fun to come to work with the homies so we're so, like we've it, had a lot of stolen cars drive away from us and we're just like all right bro it's all yours you get to keep it i guess i i want to make a quick point on the uh that the hierarchy on calls kind of thing and then i i want to talk about two men a little bit because that's pretty interesting in itself but i remember going through class and i want to say it was like a a fema thing or something but it talked about incident command and it was, it was, you know, I think it was more geared towards like, you know, emergency operations, like, you know, flood or fire or whatever, but it, you know, a lot of departments use that on calls too, where anybody can be in a, you know, can make a decision like, Hey, this pursuits, a rookie could call off a pursuit or, you know, somebody could say, Hey, no, we need to take a step back, which I think is good and bad depending on what it is, but it's, it kind of fights with the whole idea of policing being kind of this command structure where you have officers and then, you know, depending on your agency, sergeants, lieutenants, captains, or whatever, what to me, it's like, what's the point of having that command if anybody can circumvent somebody else. But then I also see the point. I'm, I, somebody will have to send me a message and cause I know somebody else has gone through this class, but I, I found it kind of interesting where I was like, well, a lot of this makes sense, but you know, you do, that's why we have supervisors and stuff, but that's a story for another day. But the two man thing now, everybody in LA rides two man. So or is yeah, there any single cars? Every regular patrol unit is a two man car. And if you're the, if you're the odd man out on the watch list, then you'll work what's called a Excel or a U boat. So you're the one man car. You're responsible for just paper. So you take paper calls, you, uh, do stuff where suspects are gone, that kind of stuff. You don't, and the, 
interesting about LAPD is that they're so used to that. And if you do any sort of enforcement action or if you do anything that a you know regular cop in another part of the country would do as a one man car, they pretty much flip out and be like, oh, why didn't you why didn't you call for backup? Why didn't you let a, a two man car handle it? So I'm actually a big proponent of two man cars. I think it's a whole lot safer. Because then your your cover's right there. I, I think sometimes people can, and you've probably seen it too, people are probably not good together and they probably dick around too much. And that's yeah. almost more unsafe. But I, I really preferred if I had somebody on my shift that I really liked working with, riding with them. And our department was cool. If, you know, if we had the people, they'd let you do it. But, it, you know, if we didn't have the people, they'd have you spread out, which it, it almost made more sense to me because we were the same kind of thing with the agency. There was, everybody went to cars. There's always two officers on a car. Sorry, I can talk, I swear. I'm not even drunk. There's two officers on a call. Why don't you just put them in the same fucking car? It'll save gas. And, you know, people can type while, you know, you're driving a call. It can be very efficient, but I don't know. that. That's why I'm not in a command position, but that's that's well, a story for another day. Well, I told. I totally agree with you because in my department, we have one man cars, but we only go to two man cars when there's been a hit out, like, like a threat to like the deputies or it's like during the riots when they put people into when they put two deputies into a car only for safety reasons. So I'm like, essentially, the department saying one man cars are unsafe, which I was like, this is kind of fucked up. Like if we were like truly to think about it. Yeah, I guess. I think there's probably the thought is the more cars out, the more visible the department is. So I, I think there's probably a debate to have there because that there is something about, you know, if you have a bunch of cars out, then it, you know, guys are fucking, you know, casing wherever and they see a bunch of cars, maybe that that would change their mind. I don't know. But to just me, I, I think riding two men is the best way to go. But I know some people fucking hate riding in the car with anybody else. So, but I think in LA, you kind of come in thinking that, so, you know, that's going to happen. I think a lot of the whole argument behind having one man cars is kind of like the bureau, the bureaucracy, bureaucracy of it. Sorry, I can't talk either. Dude. Um, Cause they want to, the illusion of patrol coverage, having multiple cars out in, in the area. But at the same time, if you're going to go to a hot call, you're going to have two officers or two deputies anyway. So you're, yeah, you because know, like if you're gonna respond to a domestic, you're gonna wait around the corner and wait for your cover to come with you. You're not gonna walk in by yourself. So, I you know, that's just me. I think two man cars make more sense, but maybe that's just the LA in me. LA. No, I agree with that. So, I mean, does it happen where people get stuck together that fucking hate each other's guts? Typically, they'll uh, if you if you ask, like if you know that you got paired up with somebody that you're like, oh fuck, I, there's no way I'm gonna work with this person. You can ask the watch commander; they'll probably switch you. And if you make a big enough fuss about it, um, typically they will take care of you. Um, and there are some people that I'm like, dang, there's there's no way I would ever work with this person. Probably get me fired. So uh, they'll they'll usually take care of them. They'll, they'll usually and the command structure usually knows who those people are, so they'll put them at the desk or they'll put them on the single car or something like that. So once you have a partner, is that like the partner forever, or like somebody calls out sick, you get a ride with somebody else kind of deal? Yeah, exactly. So if my partner called out sick, I'd end up just working with somebody else for the day. Um, so you you pretty much submit a memo like, hey, I, this is one person I want to work with. We'll we'll uh, put all our days off together and we'll do all that. So then the command structure will recognize it and they'll say, OK, so and sometimes they don't remember and you kind of have to remind them, but they'll usually put you together. 
So I have a bunch more questions about LA, LA itself, but we were kind of going on and I stopped you of some of the big changes that you've seen. So if you don't mind, if we'll jump back to that, where, what are some of the other changes you've seen since you started to now? Big change that I saw that was pretty bad was that the body cam, I'm sure this is a, every other agency too, but body cams are a tool for the department to burn officers, to find violations, to find uh, policy violations and try to get you in trouble for that. So I, I guess, uh, cause you know, I've, all I'm used to is body worn video. So the officers beforehand, when they came on the job and body one was introduced, they were told, Hey, the, this is just for, you know, to view incidents. It's not going to be used as a witch hunt tool to burn officers, but now they're, they're using it to find stuff. They'll, they'll watch your pursuits and say, Hey, look, you don't have your seatbelt on here. Boom. Here's a, here's a write up. I like the body cameras for different reasons, but it, it is kind of a witch hunt. I think sometimes I think if you work in the right place, it could be a good tool. With all of the issues with staffing, which I will get into, even, you know, you guys are short officers. They're still going through and fucking people. Yes. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. The thing with the LAPD is, yeah, there's, there's a recruitment issue, but there doesn't seem to always be a staffing issue because, like we said, you know, every car is two officers. And you'll see the whole day with like five, six cars deployed. And you're like, wow, and there's still calls dropping. Like, how, you, how are we not buying these calls? You know? So, But then some days there are righteously calls well, holding in the queue and nobody's available. Because it's just LA's like that. Like in my department, we have a staffing issue and a recruitment issue. And so we violate. So in, in, in the module that I work in, it's half female and half male and it's a fucking stupid idea and we told the department this and they never listened to us females but that's another story and so basically at all times there has to be a male and female deputy present that can't always be the case because sometimes there's like fights that happens in the nearby areas or whatever and we respond and so it'll leave us with like one female deputy or one male deputy but then our lieutenant goes no we have to have a male and female present at all times. And so if I do like a safety walk by myself, then I am violating policy because I didn't have my male partner present for that safety walk when I walked on the, on the male side. But I always bring up the fact that we are short and it's like, you're asking us to do all these things, but we don't have the capabilities to, or if we do it, we're super stressed out and we're just spread super thin. And so right now in my department, this is like the worst I've ever seen staffing from when I started. And it, it honestly makes us feel demoralized. And one of the sergeants had the nerve to say that there's only a, a, um, what's it called? Like we only feel demoralized because it's, it's our fault because we have allowed that to become the environment. And we're just like, whoa, whoa. It's not our fault that we feel demoralized because of the fact that we're short and that there's so many like ways that the departments try to fuck us. That's not the issue. The issue is we need the support from our like supervisors and superiors. And we just feel like we're not receiving that. Yeah. I think that's probably country countrywide at this point. I mean, they, it's, it's crazy that people upstairs can't, I mean, we've all said dumb things, right? But 
I, I couldn't imagine the audacity to say something like that when you know your department's short, you know people are upset, and you're like, well, this is your fault, not mine. And it may not even be his fault. You know, it's probably a fault of many dominoes, but I don't know. I think there's some people that really just believe that you can <sighs> hear me out because this is going to probably sound worse than I, it, it, I intend it to sound. But there, there's people on this planet that think that you are in control of everything and you're in control of your own destiny. And I, I agree with that to a certain extent, but you can't expect people to just look past things and be like, oh, that's whatever. I'm going to be happy today. Like, that's stupid. I, I don't know. Like, there's things that you're allowed to be upset and, and mad about. And I think there's this kind of this attitude with some people. They're like, well, it whatever. It's fine. It's not a big deal. You, you guys kind of know what I'm getting at. There's this. Yeah. I wish I could articulate myself better. Probably because I'm think, not drinking. <laughs> I think I get what you're saying. I think that there's some people who view the situation that we're in and they're just like hey let's try to make the best of it and not dwell on it maybe that's what he was trying to say but he didn't say it like that and so we took it all to be like oh it's our fault that we're upset that the department isn't running as smoothly as it once has in the past and now he's just blaming us for the fact that we just feel like we're just overworked well i I remember you said something like he even attributed your the low morale of staff to the staff itself or the deputies themselves i'm not because of the situation going on around them. Yeah. And I think that just made us feel even more demoralized because we're just like, why can't you just hear us out instead of just making us feel like shit because we feel overworked and it's just stretched thin. Well, sometimes there's a time to listen for sure. I, I guess to me, it's like the same people that are like, oh, we'll just change your, change your outlook. Okay, I can't like go get a new job and change a bunch of things in in a, a month let alone a couple hours you know so i i get mindsets important but i think sometimes people forget like the actual realities of things i think is really what i was trying to say earlier yeah in some ways the whole change your outlook thing is is great and it's true that you can find positivity in in all these situations but there's if you do it so much to the point where you're oblivious to the you know the shit going on around you you're basically an ostrich, you know, sticking his head in the sand. You're not seeing the how the department's treating you. You're not seeing how citizens are treating you, the city council, whatever. You know, you, you can be you can be positive, but not be oblivious to. Yeah. Like I remember I had another sergeant tell us, you know, law enforcement can be really shitty at times, but work is only fun if you have really good partners. And so that's why I show up to work, because I like the partners that I work with, like they're fun and stuff like that. And then they get me through the day and we get each other through the day because of the fact that we support each other, even though we know that we're like super short staffed and like, we're just overworked, but you know, we get through the day because we have good partners and which is why I think in law enforcement, it's really hard to find a good partner. Who's there to like call you out on your bullshit if you do something wrong, but at the same time, be kind about it. Cause I feel like oftentimes you know, we have like, there are a lot of alpha personalities in law enforcement. And I feel like that sometimes discourages other people from helping others. And, you know, this profession is all about helping others and helping out your partners is one of the most important things that we could do. Well, I, I mean, to be frank, towards the end of my career, my partner left 
and went to a different agency, different state. And that had a big effect on me because that person had kind of got me through the last year. You know, it was, you know, it was the real shit year, everything going on. And once she left, it made a whole, you know, things were a whole lot worse. So I was like, this fucking sucks even more. So now you're, you're definitely right about having good partners and good people you work with. Now, Eddie, I wanted to jump on something that you said a minute ago, as far as staffing within LA, because you said something about how recruitment is bad, but staffing is not necessarily bad. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah. So a lot of times staffing, you'll actually see a lot of officers deployed in the street because LAPD solution, everything is just to throw a bunch of officers at it. So we, you know, usually on a typical day, you'll have either adequate staffing or just below minimums, um, you know, which is more than I can say for a lot of other agencies. And I feel bad for those coppers working there too, because that's extreme safety hazard. But for us, it's a lot of people are just burnt out. They don't want to handle the calls. They'll let the calls hold. And, you know, like, like your, uh, like your coin says, officer time is the hardest working officer in the division, right? Still so, for sale, by the way. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I don't know if Welcome. it will be in a week, but there's some. Plugs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got to, I got to buy one of those coins actually, but uh, yeah, like staffing, staffing sucks. And sometimes we do have really shitty staffing and the way um, we do the schedules is really bad, but we'll use most of the time we'll have officers on the street, but right now recruitment is, is pretty much dog shit. And they're taking pretty much anybody they can. They're taking people who've, you know, done drugs, people who've smoked weed in the last few weeks. So that's, that's what I'm affiliates. It's like both of our departments have lowered their requirements for the, the recruits. And it's really disheartening to see because now I work with people who I don't even trust to have my back. If anything, I trust them to have the inmates back more than my back. Yeah, and I feel like uh, a lot of times they, you know, the whole the whole woke thing and the staffing and, or in the command staff there, I feel like they're looking for different types of people now and, and police officers and, and deputies. And you're, you're getting a lot of cops or you're like, damn, like, are you serious? Like, this is, this is your outlook on all this. And, and, you know, I'm not saying people aren't allowed to have different views and perspectives on things, but some of these people you're like, wow, you're a fucking inmate lover. You know, like you're, you're, you're out here really defending these people for acting like fucking animals. And it, it's pretty sad to see, you know, and I've only been a cop for a few years and it's still like, dang, this is what we've come to. Isn't weed legal in California though, right? It's uh, recreationally, yes, but technically you're not that's, supposed to smoke it outside and all that. But if you've ever been to like Venice Beach, it's it's all over. You know, everybody's smoking weed in the corner and nobody does anything about it. So. But I, as law enforcement officers, we have to follow the federal laws. So we cannot consume it in any manner. Oh, I know. I'm just I'm just saying that I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate to the point where like, well, I mean, you know, cops are a bunch of alcoholics. I mean, it, is it the worst thing if somebody fucking has a joint every once in a while? I don't know. That's usually not the, the issue. <laughs> it's oh, like, I know. I know. Yeah. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, and here's the thing is law enforcement's kind of weird how they hire people, because I, I think. You know, like I remember a guy saying, yeah, like, dude, I took a pill of ecstasy at a concert when I was 19. And when I went to apply for a cop at, you know, in my mid 20s, because it hadn't been seven years, they wouldn't hire me. And I'm like, he's like, I could have fucking lied about it. I could have lied and said I didn't fucking take ecstasy at the, or whatever he said he took at a concert when he was, you know, 18 or 19 years old. And so, yeah, do we want to promote? 
you know, illicit drug use. No, fuck no. But people make mistakes, right? And now you're passing good applicants because of something they did six or seven years ago and they told you about and they didn't have to tell you about. I don't know. I mean, I just think that's that's a little wild. But but that was back when I was getting hired. That shit right now wouldn't matter. You could fucking be on ecstasy in the interview and they'd be like, well, just promise you won't do it when you get hired. Okay. Yeah, and I, I would much rather take that guy that you described over the you know the guy or gal that is physically seen at these BLM riots, and they were fucking hiring these people, and these people are becoming police officers, and you're like, really? Like, how are we gonna like? I that's something in my opinion that shouldn't pass backgrounds if you're gonna really be out there, and you know antagonizing law enforcement on the opposite end of a skirmish line. So there's examples of people that have been involved in that beyond you know beyond like because i i guess for me just for context i kind of look at the blm thing in like two different waves you have like kind of the radical crazy people and then i think you have the feel good people that just they don't really pay attention to what's going on they're just like oh yeah of course black lives matter you know like Mm -hmm. everybody's fucking life matter oh i said all lives matter when i get canceled but you're you're fucked um i'm fucked but you know, so but I, I think there's genuinely some good people that are like, oh, yeah, Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. We, we take care of our fellow human beings, but they don't understand like the other side of what's going actually going on with that. Or, you know, you know, communist propaganda and they're buying houses and with yep. money that was donated. Oh, yeah. and shit. Like, I don't think a lot of people they they just saw that like they're trying to help their fellow man. And maybe it was a little misguided in some of the stuff that was going on. But I, I think some of that crowd's fine. They're just. They thought they were doing the right thing. But then so my to kind of go back to what you were saying, I mean, were there actually people that were like antagonizing and yelling at cops on skirmish lines that are now cops? They're not necessarily like out there and, and uh, like antagonizing or attacking cops, but they're, you know, the fact that you're going to go out there and actually confront people that had nothing to do with it. Like you're going to you're going to really go out there and and and, you know, take over the streets because of this misguided principle you're going to try to and how you're going to still try to become a police officer when that's the you know apparently the system's broken beyond repair you know all that stuff defund the police to like make the point why would we want to have those misguided people in law enforcement you don't want ever want to have an officer or a deputy who's going to be misguided when they respond to like any call so in my opinion, if you're going to be that oblivious to the world and you're not going to be a critical thinker, because in law enforcement, we do have to critically think because of, of whatever situation we respond to. Why would we want to hire that person when we can already tell they're not critical thinkers? Well, and a lot of, a I, lot of I, I guess trust factor, too, because a lot of us, we don't trust these you know, new younger officers that are present during those kind of riots and we're like how, how are you going to trust them to back us on a call how are you going to trust them to not burn us when you know we do something that looks a little different than how they want police work to be done mm-hmm. no no that's a real thing and to go back to jamie's point i i i hear what you're saying and and don't get me wrong like we don't want like idiots in law enforcement but you work you work for a big department Eddie works for a big department. There's fucking idiots in police departments. Okay. That's already happening. But I I guess, you know, I, everybody, I think was misguided at a point, you know, my views have changed over time. You know, I would just kind of the same thing with the kid that did the ecstasy when they were 19. If somebody went to, you know, they went in March because they felt that, you know, blacks were being slaughtered by cops and they went 
in March a couple of years ago, and then maybe they've kind of changed their mind. I don't think I don't think we need to judge somebody by one action that they've they've had their, in their past. And let's be honest, we're looking at all of this with a helicopter view, right? Where at the time, all this really false information is maybe being posted about all the shit going on. And maybe somebody did do critical thinking and thought for themselves like, hey, I don't like everything about law enforcement, but I understand a little bit more. I want to actually because we all challenge people, right? Like you don't like the cops fill out an application. Well, if people are actually doing that. It's what we ask them to do. Is it not? That's your point. I see your point, but I'm not saying that like we should judge them based on that action. It's just that when they also got onto the job, they carry that belief over. And so now when we work alongside with them, we're just here like standing back, like the people who've been on longer than they have. We just think to ourselves like, oh my God, like we can't trust this person. This person is going to like get us um, harms. Like they're not going to back us if like we're in a fight situation or they're just going to try to burn us and send us to IA. And I think that's the unsettling feeling that we don't like because, you know, it's okay to have differences of opinions. Like I don't care if someone's a liberal or a conservative, as long as when we come onto the job, we're there to help each other out and be good partners. And to me, a good partner isn't going to be the one that's like, well, why'd you yell at the inmate like that? I'm like, what do you mean? They were breaking all these jail rules and now I'm going to write them up. And like some people take real issues with writing inmates up when they misbehave and when they break jail rules. And when I see that, I just think I can't trust this person because if that inmate were to have attacked me while this, this um, like discussion was happening, they wouldn't, they wouldn't back me. No, I, I don't disagree with any of that at all. But to give some some historical context, that type of person has been in law enforcement for a long time and maybe, you know, from different motives. But I think there's always been people in law enforcement that didn't like how things were done. And so they, you know, the term is used rat, right, where they go and rat somebody out, even though they didn't do anything wrong. So I think that's existed for a while. I, I don't disagree with having people not being able to trust the people that you work with because let's be honest that's fucking huge because and, it, and no matter where you're at in the country you need to know that when shit goes down your partner is going to be there for you Absolutely. so I, I don't disagree with that at all i was just trying to make a broader point of yeah i mean you know maybe they went to this thing and they didn't like how things were done but you know now they're going to get in law enforcement because Let's, I mean, I, I don't think we can pretend that everything was perfect in law enforcement. No, of course not. But yeah, the right? problem not. is a lot of these folks don't understand that when it comes to use of force or you know deadly force, police work can become a very ugly thing. Using mm-hmm. force is never a pretty thing. And a lot of people believe that there's, you know, there's a whole there's always the discussion of proportionate force, right? And I agree with that. I don't think any other officer would disagree with me on that. But the problem is a lot of them don't understand what is necessary to complete the task or to safely mitigate a situation or they're scared to go hands-on when the situation calls for it because they think oh no we shouldn't be putting hands on people that's just excessive when at the end of the day if this inmate's beating another inmate up you're gonna have to go hands-on because you don't want that other inmate's life to be endangered and i don't think some new people understand that here's the thing that nobody really understands, especially at the advent of body cameras. Police work is not 
choreographed. I mean, sometimes, you know, you can you can actually get him in that right position to do that cool takedown. A lot of times that's not always the case. Um, there's guys that are better, you know, that take care, you know, that do the BJJ. They're really good at that type of stuff. But even then, it, this is real life. This isn't controlled environment on a mat. Like this is, it's not choreographed. And some of the shit is going to go wrong. It's going to be ugly because you're you're literally fighting with another human being to put handcuffs on them. It's going to go south and it's going to go sideways. And people don't understand that. But the failure, I think, is... You know, you, we were kind of talking about these people coming onto the job and they shouldn't be hired. I don't I don't disagree with you at all. Like if somebody doesn't understand the context of the job and what it should be, you you shouldn't be on there because you're you're you shouldn't be out there because you're going to get yourself killed and somebody else killed because you don't know what the fuck you're doing or you're mm -hmm. too afraid to act. But the problem kind of cycles back to administrations hiring these folks and allowing that to happen, because when these people come through the academy, they should learn use of force they should learn graham v connor they should learn all of this stuff and it should be ingrained in their heads now everybody goes into things with their own mindset and but if they're allowing people to come out and pass fto with that type of unwillingness to do the job that's on the department and the crazy thing is a lot of these admin that hire these people are the same people that are beating the fuck out of people in the 80s well here's Say that again for the people in the back you you get you get to a certain point, I think. Well, here's all right, we're gonna get in this big philosophical debate. So I, I think you get to a certain point once you get to a certain level of uh, and the episode before you was actually a, a police captain. You get to a certain level of law enforcement where you're no longer a cop, you become a politician. So the these people that are making these big sweeping changes in law enforcement and writing the policies, for the most part. None of them fuckers have been on the road in 20 years, but they're going to do what they think the person that signs their paychecks wants them to do. And I think we agree beating the fuck out of somebody. That's that's not in the Fourth Amendment. Right. We all agree. So that was bad. Right. So there were yep, problems in law enforcement. Right. So we agree on that. So we instead of moving towards a more reasonable level of force and understanding and understanding it, sometimes it's just, it's ugly. It's going to look ugly. We've gone way too far on the other end of spectrum where we're not using enough force. And I, I gotta be honest. I see oh, a lot absolutely. of these issues where, you know, you see the video online and the cops are losing these fights and I look at it and I'm like, they're trying not to hurt this guy. That shouldn't, when you go into a situation like that, and your first thought is, I don't want to hurt this guy. Like, that should be like, okay, let's try not to hurt him. You know, we're not out to hurt people on purpose. But the thought should be like, all right, I need to quickly and safely get this guy into handcuffs. That's the only thought. And so, totally when you, agree. yeah. So, but when people are not doing techniques right and they're just trying to use the least, beyond the least amount of force, right? Because really, we should be using the least amount of force, right? possible of course and, and yeah. the thing with the, and the thing with my department anyways what they believe reasonable forces is the whole you know like i know you talked on other episodes about ask tell make and for us it's ask 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 and we never stop asking and they expect you to always and like i said earlier lapd likes to solve its problems by throwing officers at it so they pretty much expect you to have you know dozens of officers at the scene they're like you know, and I, I remember hearing about incidents where people would have suspects in handcuffs. And, you know, of course, 
handcuff suspects are secure, but they're not always safe, right? They're always, they can still attack you, they still kick you, and that, that was happening to these officers, and they had to take them to the ground. And I remember they were like, oh, why didn't you request, you know, uh, lights and siren cover? And it's like, because the dude was in handcuffs, and, you know, with two officers, we, we had it handled. And they're like, oh, well, you, you should still request, you know, other officers to come. And it's just like they they expect these, you know, reasonable force to them is just not the same as how uh, the average officer would view it. You know, it's, oh. it's, a, it's a huge discrepancy between admin and your line personnel. And to piggyback on that, me and my sergeant, we just had this debate like last week. And he was saying, because he gave us a scenario and he's like, what if eight deputies were there? And I go, well, in that case, eight deputies, that would be too excessive. If we were all to pounce on these two inmates, that's just too excessive. Unless they're under the influence of something, then, you know, we do whatever we need to do. But I'm just saying from like a camera perspective of like a news were to capture and put on the news that like these eight deputies were like on these two inmates. Like that would be deemed as excessive in my department because they just want the least amount of deputies to do the work that is necessary to like just calm the situation down. I want to jump back to something we were talking about a little bit before about, you know, you have the people applying that were at these protests and stuff like that and being misguided. But it is kind of funny, right, that so the George Floyd thing that happened in, in Minneapolis, right? Minneapolis, it's in a state. Minnesota. Yeah. How many how many miles away from fucking LA is that? Uh, like 7,000. Were any of you guys on scene in Minneapolis that day? Nah. Why are we protesting that shit in LA? LA cops yeah. had nothing to do with it. We're all the same apparently. Blue man bad. Blue man bad. It just that that shit because you know Jamie said something about critical thinking there and it just kind of got the wheels turning and it's a, a point we've all brought up is I had nothing to do with any of that shit why am I paying for it four thousand miles away and it's just how stupid it's because we've kind of allowed it I think to happen to a certain extent and when I say we I mean like police administrations because they just kind of instead of standing up for cops you know like. The first thing that should have came out of any of these chiefs is like, yeah, that was fucked. My cops didn't do that. That's not what they said. They said, oh, yeah, we're going to do better and we're going to change and we're going to blah, blah, blah. Look, policing hasn't been perfect forever. And let's be honest, I think policing is way better than it was even 20 years ago, even before, you know, the George Floyd thing like that was fucked. You know, I have Mm -hmm. my own opinions that I'm not even going to fucking get into about that whole thing. None of us were involved in that shit, right? Cops throughout the country go do a good job every day. And a handful of them do shitty stuff. But guess what? Guess what goes on TV? Because if it's not bad news, it's not news. Go through your fucking, your little Facebook news thing. Every fucking thing is bad. There's no good news in there. Somebody clicks on a good story. And this is puppy dogs. Everybody loves puppy dogs. Maybe a kitten in a well. I don't know. Everything's bad. Everything's fucking negative. And when cop shit comes up, it's they're never going to put good news. It's always bad news. And you're never going to see, you know, all of us, we're going to see the articles because we pay attention to the right spot. We're going to see the articles about the shit bags that got let out of jail and kill our brothers and sisters. We'll see that. The rest of the country won't, though. But I'll tell you what, the if rest a guy of the- f- firing a round off at cops during a pursuit gets shot at the end of it, 
we're all going to hear about that nonstop seven days a week and fucking have protests about that. That was because the Akron one? Ohio? Akron. Akron. Oh, Akron. Akron. Yeah, Akron, we're from Ohio. LA. LA. Anyway. We're not very educated. Yeah, I, I, I think the news just has just said, fuck the cops. We don't care if they do any good in the world. We just care if they do something wrong. And a lot of that, like, you know, as cops like to be big and bad and all that, but a lot of it has an impact on how cops view the world, too. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times when you respond to these calls, it's unfortunate, but in the back of your mind, it's like, these people don't fucking care about you. Like, why are we working so hard for them? And that it's, like, and it, it's a it's a it's a cancer in law enforcement, too, that they you know, in some ways they created because now cops are like, man, fuck this. Why are we why are we doing the most for these people when we can we should take care of ourselves, career survival, make sure you don't get fired. And then we'll maybe we'll try to do some good for the community. No, you're absolutely right, man. You're I mean, it, it's hard. <laughs> there's the outlook thing again it's hard not to get to let that drag you down even though you're seven thousand miles away you had nothing to do with whatever incident all you see all the media you consume is all this fucking garbage which that's something we have to do better on our own too is we're not we're not going to be able to do anything change anybody's mind don't fucking get into the comment sections don't even fucking look at them because there's no good's going to fucking come of it i wouldn't even read those articles I mean, and it sucks because sometimes reading that type of stuff can be an educational thing. But what actual truth? I mean, we all know these articles are slanted. What are you actually gaining out of this article that could be somewhat educational? Yeah. And like, just to jump on like a more personal level, since Eddie and I work in law enforcement, we discuss work a great deal. And then we read all this shit on our social media. And it, 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 I think it got to a point especially during the riots where we just felt like just so down. And I think we just looked at each other and we just said, you know what? We have to find other things to talk about besides work in our, in our career, because there's, if, if we don't take care of ourselves, like you just said, the job's going to eat your soul alive. And then you're just going to be like one of those disgruntled, like senior officers. And like those officers are never fun to work with. And we just realized we don't want to be like them in like 20, 20 years or whatever. So let's just do the best we can now to have to put ourselves into a good mental state and just focus on ourselves and our hobbies and the people who actually really love us and care about us, like our friends and family, because we know that the public won't care about us, but we take care of ourselves and we take our, we take care of our partners. And that's the most important. And otherwise, you might end up quitting your job and move to Ohio. Oh, I'm sorry, Iowa, and starting a podcast in your dungeon. So, yeah, I'm trying my best here. <laughs> I was, uh, you, when you're saying the uh, the disgruntled thing, I was looking for uh, the Yoda soundbite of "You will be." <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back to the podcast. I want to talk to you about my buddy Brad Williams over at Police Fit. You guys see him on the page every single Monday on Poorly Made Police Memes. Brad's going to help the new applicants and active officers smash their fitness and regain their health. Brad has 11 years experience in the fitness industry, 17 years in the military, and is also a first responder. He's going to share his experience and expertise to help applicants get their dream job and help active first responders regain their health. That's Police Fit, and I'll have a link for you on the podcast description. Back to the podcast. Before we move on to some of the fun Instagram stuff, I, there was a couple things that I wanted to hit real quick. 
what's what's the use of force review like in LA? So in use of force review, um, I don't know how much different your department was, but uh, at least for us, if you're the if you're the officer primary in the use of force, you're writing the report, right? And the report pretty much entails every specific motion that you made. So if your hand touched his wrist to do whatever, that's going to the report. And it's all it's all liability minded because they don't like they want to account for every single action that you do. And the problem with that is some of these fights last a long time and you're, you know, you're fighting for your life and you're thinking about, man, how am I going to write this? Which is pretty stupid, but you know, maybe I'm just an idiot and I shouldn't be thinking that way when I'm trying to fight somebody, but then, you know, it's reviewed by the supervisor and a lot of times, you know, they'll, they'll try to protect you and all that. But the problem is a lot of these people in the command staff who haven't, had a use of force themselves in years who don't know what it's like to try to fight some meth addict or some fucking idiot on PCP, they're going to think, oh, well, you didn't need to do that, right? That's unnecessary. Well, fuck the fuck it is. You know, you, you haven't done this long. How do you know what's necessary and what's not necessary? So the problem is a lot of officers will end up getting out of policies or, uh, you know, actions could have been different. Is a, lot of, a lot of times they don't use that disposition on it and uses of force and it's it's pretty sad to see that they don't it's it's uh, apparent that they don't know what it's like to be line level officer anymore and you know we've we pretty much beat that horse dead but they don't they don't know what it's like to be a cop anymore nope not a clue did you guys just have something new with your uh with pretext stops and policy or something yeah so they i think the goal is they want us to do less pretext stops because you know they think that you know, we're targeting minorities and whatnot. That's the whole ACLU thing. And then the department, I think during one of the commissioner or the police commission meetings, they were trying to argue that pretext stops don't actually take guns off the street. And it's like, dude, like in one of our divisions, I think in one year they took like five or 600 guns off the street just through traffic stops in one of our 21 patrol divisions. And that's, just patrol that's not even gang unit that's not even you know special problems unit or any of that and it's it's ridiculous that they think that this stuff isn't making a difference and they're thinking oh we shouldn't do this because it's going to affect our relationship with the minority community so basically the new policy is if you're going to make a stop with a with you know in mind to do a traffic enforcement right it has to be a stop on a cv or a vehicle code that's significantly impacts public safety so a lot of the time that will rule out stuff like expired registration it'll rule out certain equipment violations that you can't articulate don't affect public safety in a significant way and i've noticed a lot of times i run cars out on the street and i'm like dude this thing is like seven years expired like how how is this okay but you know what that's that's what they want right so in la you'll see a lot of cars aren't registered anymore and we can't really stop them for that now, if you can articulate, if you're working in like a high crime part of the division and you can articulate that there might be something going on with this person or this car that you want to stop, that um, you, it doesn't have to amount to reasonable suspicion of a crime, but it has to be articulable facts. You can make that stop as long as you say it on, on the camera. Hey, this is why I'm stopping this person in this neighborhood because I think they're doing this X, Y and Z. And a lot of us, you know, because we know the history of the LAPD, we know they're going to try to do something like if there's any sort of complaint on that call or, or I'm sorry, on that stop, 
or racial bias, they're probably going to immediately say, oh, well, you initiated that. So there's probably some guilt there on the officer's part. And we, we I haven't experienced that. That sounds yet. like a fucking trap. Like I wouldn't even. Fuck oh, with fuck. That. Yeah. It, it's everybody knows. And it's and we've even asked because, you know, the captains would come to our roll calls and be like, oh, what do you guys think of the new policy? And we're like, hey, so what's going to happen when we get a racial bias complaint? on a stop like because we're saying we made the stop for reasonable or for uh for pretext purposes how is that okay and they're they're gonna are, are they gonna back us like and nobody has any faith in the department to back us on that and it, it's pretty sad because the supreme court has you know ruled that pretext stops are completely lawful and it's sad to see that the lapd is taking a step back on that you know it's uh, go ahead jamie sorry to add politics onto this many of those people who believe that pretext stops are are showing bias and they don't take guns off the street i thought the whole liberal aspect was to take ghost guns off the streets which many of them are ghost guns so i don't know why they're not backing joe biden on his ghost gun thing well you know corn pop he's a tough dude was that the guy's name that he made up whatever but i Here's my thing with the like the pretext stops. So it's like the same thing with voter ID. Here, let's get political for a second here. The most racist shit I've ever heard in my fucking life is saying people cannot figure out how to get an ID. People cannot figure out how to get their registration done. <laughs> cannot. That is the most racist fucking shit I've ever heard of. I don't know how that gets a pass. So fucking demeaning. I, I, it is. It's totally I, I fucking demeaning. It's like saying, oh, you guys don't like your guys's first language is English. Well, here, then that means you guys can't even get an ID. And I'm like, because we're like first generation. I'm like, my family members all have IDs like this dude's fucking stupid. Yeah, it's it's really fucking demeaning. And it's to me, uh, it's a it's a control thing, to be honest. And it's the most racist shit I've ever fucking heard of. But that's that's just me. What about IA in L.A.? In LA. IA is a very, very interesting creature at LAPD. They, uh, I, you know, and, and to be fair, uh, to be the whole fair, IA no. thing, though, to be fair, was, the whole IA thing thing isn't an LAPD only thing, but they do it pretty often. And, and they, it's, it's gotten to the point where pretty much anything, and you know, the whole dollar in the cup order and all that stuff, you're like, oh, fuck, here we come. It's IA again. But they'll even, they'll make fake radio calls. And they'll, you know, it, it's not, you, they'll never do like a hot shot or anything crazy like that, but like some sort of dispute or something stupid. And you'd come in on calls and you're thinking, is this an IA thing? Or, and, and it's stupid because I don't want to be thinking about that when I don't know if in that door is going to be some asshole trying to kill me. Right. So like they basically it, it, do like a secret shopper. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's, it's fucking outrageous. They'll, 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 they'll stage these stupid calls and and sometimes it's it's pretty obvious you're like dang that person's way too clean for la so but it's a lot of times you're I, I just hate the fact that that's in the back of my mind when i'm going to calls is is this something i set up so they can see how my response time is how they can see how you know i interact with the public and i get that there should be accountability and you shouldn't treat people like shit but that's that's out there dude like i don't i don't think that's okay well i i think to kind of heart back to something you said earlier about like going back and, and watching body camera and looking for violations. I think to a lay person, I think they could 
reasonably and i to be honest to be fair with everybody here i kind of go back and forth on that to be fair is all right so you know i worked at a subway and they could they check the cameras and make sure we weren't fucking off and goofing off so what's the difference you know i think i think uh, somebody listening to this could be like well who cares if they go back and and look for that shit but i think the the problem is is it's gotten so like crazy about that the focus isn't really on you know whether people are committing crimes i mean there it's more focused on catching cops like that that's the whole thing is like we just everything's about catching cops like let's be honest anybody that has any job violates a policy every single day okay of course I'm not yeah. saying it's right but it's it's not just in law enforcement everybody fucking does it how many how many fucking people are sitting at their desk right now listening to this podcast fucking scrolling instagram when they should be filling out a spreadsheet okay everybody does it i'm not saying it's okay but it, it's a thing now you hired cops you gave them a badge and a gun you trust them with that level but you're gonna spend you know hours where you could be doing something crime wise babysitting shit there, there's a balance to it i guess but yeah cops absolutely everybody should i mean i hate you know i've made it perfectly here clear i fucking hate the government at, at points i get it you know the cops are an arm of the government let's fucking you know make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing but I think it kind of gets it way over the line where it's just like ticky tack shit just to fuck with people that, I mean, it all it does is make people paranoid and they're, there's fucking stepping on eggs all day long. Yeah. And to piggyback off what you said, the, well, anyway, like the difference between, you know, a police officer and somebody who works at a subway, no offense, but uh, it's, there's a huge difference in the stress level that you're dealing with. And the fact that you're also going to be forced to, establish this paranoia around you just to protect yourself from your own department is it's pretty sad because you're you're also in a lot of times you're in life and death situations and it's and another point is that you hire cops and they're people they're not robots right and of course like you said everybody violates policy all the time i i would never do such a thing but you're, you're not allowing people to be people and when you have cops that make mistakes or they say things slightly different than how the department wants to say then they start you know they start jumping on people for things that you're like wow really like that's just that's the you know that's just a cop being a person not and i well, get that there's remember, a professional kids, image but we, still we wanted to humanize the badge but we don't want the cops not, to too, much. not too much not yeah, too much not too much they, they, yeah. come on that's too much I have a, this is a dumb question, but it's, it's important to me. Is LA like some of the other bigger agencies where like you get a big call, like a line officer, you're going to take the very initial report and then dicks are going to come out or how far do you guys take a call? That's pretty much how that goes. So you'll, you'll take the initial crime report and the detectives will do the follow-ups. They'll uh, take it to the DA and all that though. And, and even when it comes to like crime scene, we don't we don't process crime scenes. We don't take fingerprints. We don't do any latent prints or anything like that. We have other divisions that will come do it for us, civilians typically. And uh, but yeah, the a lot of what times. About, what uh, about misdemeanors though? Do you guys take care of your own misdemeanors? Um, even then, no. So like, if you have like a if I have like a transient versus transient battery, right? Or we call it battery in California. Somebody punches somebody, right? We'll take a report for it and then we just turn it in and it goes to a detective's desk 
presumably to be followed up on in like half a year because of the caseload they have. So but, if you actually, but so you, you don't like determine fault on scene or determine who's the victim and suspect on scene. No, you, you do. You would. So you, you got to figure out who's, you know, who's the, like for domestic violence, you'd figure out who the dominant aggressor is on a, on a call with the, you know, just a regular citizens with no relationship you'd figure out who's at fault you'd figure out who the who's instigating who you know who's acting unreasonable right that's the catch-all if that person was unreasonable and how they acted that's the person that you're probably gonna hook okay so you would actually hook them but then yeah the detective would actually file the case is that what you're saying yeah exactly they and they a lot of times they'll be the ones to go to court even though we get called to go to court too but they'll do a lot more of the the follow-up, the last victims, additional stuff that we missed because we take a bunch of reports during the day, so we can't spend too much time on any one report. It's it's weird to me that, you know, just for like, a, and I guess it's probably how the laws are in California too. It's different. Like if I had like just a misdemeanor, you know, I'd charge them into the city and no detective would ever be involved in it. But it sounds like detectives are involved in everything. Yeah, pretty much. The detectives are kind of the city's catch-all when it comes to investigating, when it comes to um, you know, just filing the, the case and stuff in court. They'll, they'll pretty much do all that. We just typically, if we get to a call and the suspect's gone, we'll take the, the report, the initial report, and then we turn it in and we submit it up to them. Okay, the so you wouldn't, you wouldn't go look for the suspect if the suspect left? I mean, <laughs> nowadays, no, you probably wouldn't do that because it depends on the crime, right? Of course, you if you have a felony, they, they expect you to do the follow-up and, and look for the person. If there's a reasonable follow-up, right? If you have a, an address, if you know where they went, then they expect you to go look for them. So like, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like if you have, if, if you have a victim of domestic violence, right? You, and you meet with them, you take the report, he or she uh, did the crime and there's a visible injury. That's a felony in California. So you are expected to take another unit and a supervisor to do a follow-up to that location where the suspect is, if you can pinpoint their location. If not, typically it's like, you know, they're, he or she did the crime in the house and then they left and then now you're like, oh, well, I don't know where they're gone. So you can't do the follow-up at that point. So then they're just going to be listed as the wanted person that goes to the detectives. Are detectives, uh, is that a promotion? Are they still on the same level as a line officer? For us, it's a promotion uh not it's not a huge promotion but it is a promotion so we we have uh different types of detectives and they're and uh so we have detective one two and three and then we have sergeants one two uh and then also we have uh fto so they're the 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 first level of detective is kind of similar to like one of our ftos in terms of pay and then the sergeant or first level sergeant and the second level detective is on the same level. And then the second level sergeant and the third level detective run the, on the same level. So it's, it's a weird, weird little ranking system that we have. Do you guys have the pension like 20 years and then you're done kind of thing? Or how's it work out there? What do you mean by that? It's I mean, like the 3% at 57. I think that's, I think, I think ours is something like two point seven at 55 yeah yeah it's not it's not great you have to i think and i joined early too so i have to work like 33 years to retire oh man that sucks yeah uh, i think i can collect at 20 or i can no i can no. retire at 20 i can retire after 20 years of service but I, I can't collect until i'm a certain age 
mm-hmm. or something. So you're fucked anyway. I gotcha. Do so you have best buy or something? There you go. Do you have? I mean, so and we'll get we got all the fun Instagram questions we'll do in a second here. But based on you know what you told me, maybe it's not safe to assume, but it's a lot different than you thought it would be. Do you have any thoughts about lateraling? Or are you just going to kind of put in your time and hope for the best? I've thought about it and I, I'm in the part of my career where if I want to do it, I should do it now. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about it, but I'm also LAPD is like the, like that abusive spouse that you can't get rid of, you know, like I LAPD and I, you know, I, I joke and all that, but I, I owe a lot to the city and I, the city did give me a great job. A lot of it is like, you would think it is and you're like oh shit this is exactly what i thought i would get into it's like the shit i see on tv you know crazy shit happens but um it's a lot of fun and i have a good partner so that kind of makes me feel like oh man i don't really want to leave but and i try to think about how my future would be in like 10 years like do i still want to work in the city do i want to deal with the same shit that i deal with now probably not so i'm 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 more seriously looking into lateraling these days well I was going to ask another thing about detectives, though. I mean, are detectives pretty safe, though, as far as like they're not on the road a lot, are they? Or do they actually conduct a lot of follow up? So they are kind of subject to some of the same bullshit. So for our detectives that work regular crime tables, they they're pretty much inside all day long. They'll occasionally once in a blue moon go out and, and go nab people. But most of the time they'll stay indoors. But we do have a lot of detectives that work specialized detective units. Like I'm sure you've heard of our SIS detectives. They go out and they do all the high speed shit that every cop wants to do. And they go get the worst guy, worst bad guys. I haven't heard of them, but I'm going to thank them for their service. Well, yeah. So LAPD's SIS or special investigative service. They, they go after like your murderers, your, your shooting suspects. And they, they do surveillance. They're on the field. They do some undercover stuff. It's, it's pretty badass. They're they're uh, they're kind of like a mini SWAT team, but full of detectives that go and they have specific intel on these guys, and they go and they get them. I have a fuckload of Instagram questions. Joke. So here's something that I fucked up in these Instagram questions. I put LA cop, and so I got like four questions where people are like, "Was it Louisiana or LA?" Oh just, my god! I just assumed an LA cop means LA. <laughs> what I guess does I'll own it. Assuming make you. It makes an ass out of you and me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Back in middle school. Wow. Yeah. No, but like, why would you put that? If you put well, LA it's, it's City. A right, it's a righteous question, you know? It's yeah. Do you put here's, some palm trees in the background? Okay. I put a reference Frack. to Letter Kenny where they're making fun of LA. And I just I forget that not everybody else has seen that show a couple times. So that's on me. But <laughs> do any movies accurately depict LAPD? So the movie End of Watch accurately depicts the interaction between officers and sergeants. It's probably one of the most realistic uh, cop movies for LAPD movies anyway that depict that kind of stuff. The tactics are dog shit. Um, you know, all that stuff is terrible, but just uh, how, how cops interact with each other, the partnership, the camaraderie, that's that's all real. And uh, it was cool that I got to experience that. Southland, I think, is also very good. Oh, yeah. Just uh, seeing all the crazy homeless people do crazy shit. And uh, that, that's Southland. I don't know if you've ever seen the show Southland. It was on 
TNT. Back I then. haven't. Um, I oh, heard it's great. great. I need to. Uh, that's one of those ones that's definitely on my list of ones to try and figure out what. Yeah, if you have HBO to. Max, it's on there, dude. Oh, it's, y'all, it's you great. motherfucker! I'm poor. I work. I make up. Oh, I don't have it either, but <laughs> I don't have HBO. Man. It was on Hulu, and then after the whole George Floyd thing, they took it off of Hulu. Uh, of I'll buy I'll buy a couple coins and try to give you HBO Max. Money. Yeah, for but real. It. For real, for real. That's what my daughter says all the time now. Is for real, for real. Oh God! Nonstop, no cap. Um, got it. I just learned what no cap meant yesterday. Me, I felt stupid. I thought it meant no capacity or something. Ah, no cap. God. Uh, um, that, that's an early front runner for the name of the podcast. Did you guys see the uh, movie Crown Vic with Tom Jane in it? Came out a couple years ago. No, I have not. It, I haven't heard of it ago. either, actually. I've never heard of it. 2019, I think, is when it came out. I think I watched it online, I'm pretty sure. So I, it's on Hulu or Netflix or anything, but it, Obviously, it revolves around my my favorite car. Well, the car is in the movie, but uh, Tom Jane takes in a fucking recruit, and it's insanity. It's a fun movie, um, but it's just fucking insanity. It's like none of like the tactics are like fucking dog shit, like you said, and like the uh, you know they fucking get in an OIS and then they just get back in the car and go to their next call. You know, like they're not taking so, off so- the road or anything like that. So that movie for you is pornographic in nature. Yeah, dude, it's so glorious. The Vic. Very gratuitous for the whole Crown Vic thing. Like, is it right out there? Oh, it's fucking great, dude. It's so good. It's beautiful. There's there's a lot of Crown Vic action in that movie. Um, and Tom Jane, let's be honest, he was looking real good in that movie, too. So I'm a man, but I can appreciate when another man has it going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. You know, that's right. What's the best food truck in LA? Uh, best food truck. You know, there's a there's a hibachi truck near downtown. It's pretty good. I think it's called Samurai Hibachi. Uh, that one's pretty good. I I don't I try not to eat at the food trucks in LA because I don't want to get choro and shit myself. But yeah, yeah, uh, I'll say which you know that'll probably apply to a later story. <laughs> hey, all right. While we're talking about food. Is In N Out really that good? Yes, oh, it is. Yeah. Oh my God. In N Out. You know what? I, I didn't have the same appreciation for In N Out as a kid that I do now. Because as a kid, I was like, oh, fucking burger. Who cares? And now it's like, you know what? This is very, very delicious burger for me. I've that traveled expensive. to Texas multiple times. I tried Whataburger. It is not good. I've tried Hardee's. Not that good. Shake Shack is pretty good. Not going to lie. But that in and out taste, that California taste is where it's at. Yeah, the only thing good that's come out of California in the last 25 years is in and out. No, don't get me wrong. It's it's good. But um, here in the Midwest, we have a thing called Runza. It sounds like it's going to give you the runs. Oh, no, it doesn't. Is the juice going to go there? So Runza, a Runza is like a like this weird fucking Polish sandwich or something. But they have burgers. And they are the juiciest fucking burgers I've ever had. They're so fucking good. So juicy, as Hank Hill would say. Um, cutting that out because that was weird. <laughs> uh, I think we've established that End of Watch is a mandatory viewing, correct? Yes. End of Watch and Colors as well for the optional oh, time on the job. Dude, that's a good one. Yeah, I forgot Stellar about that. Movie. That's a good one. Um, 
have you ever pooped your pants in tent city or next to hobo no i try to i try to do my pants pooping elsewhere because i don't also want to get aids with my poops or monkey pops yeah or yeah Uh, gosh i don't know if i can make that joke or not but i just you're canceled dude you're fucked i don't give a shit have you ever considered employment with river city uh you know what after hearing the uh episode with the chief i don't know if i want to quite work there it sounds a lot awful similar to lapd so it was, maybe maybe i'll find employment elsewhere dude so many people i i actually just got a message even to the other day where i i gotta be honest man i wonder if i lost some listeners because they didn't get it because i got a message the other day where somebody was like dude was that real I said no like the description says a satire page and uh it's poorly made so okay it was poorly made so yeah they Maybe it was just a little too much. Um, yeah, but if anybody's listening now, it's all fake. It's all made up. And if I'm not mistaken, you kept it going, or that guy kept it going for like 50 minutes, right? Or, oh, or yeah, longer. dude, we did it. We did it for an hour and a half. I, oh, God. I, I cut out, and that maybe it went, the joke maybe went on too long. I'll, I'll concede that because some people are like, all right, it was funny, but then like an hour and a half into it, I was like, man, eh, I could see that. I yeah, cut I'll, out. I'll be honest, I didn't finish that episode. <laughs> no, nah, a lot of people didn't. It, yeah. Was it I'll that be, bad? I I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. Look, li- listening to it again because there, like, to be honest, there's sometimes I listen through. I'm like, all right, you know, because I've I've already been through it. So you know, sometimes going back through them, it's a little tedious. But that one, I really, really liked listening back through. But I could see, but I like the dude that does it, and so I enjoyed that. And it was funny going back through because I cut out like a there's parts we couldn't fucking hold it. And we were laughing our asses off. And so I cut that all out. I'm surprised so, you guys kept it together as long as you did. Cause we I didn't, was like, we didn't hold know. it together. We didn't, we, I had to cut out like 15 minutes of laughing. Cause we could not hold it together. Um, I'm kind of jealous. So we didn't really laugh in this one. Well, I mean, it, it is what it is. I, it's kind of funny. Like I, I just kind of let these go where they go. You know, if it's going to be funny, it's going to be funny. If it's going to be more serious, it's going to be more serious. I don't know. I feel like yeah. if you try Somebody's too like hard. Infomercial. Yeah. I swear we're funnier when we're like not doing this. Like we do okay. stupid shit all the time. Well, I mean, but we're talking about L.A. And yeah. there's a lot of I mean, there's not like a lot of happy stories out of L.A. right now. You know? <laughs> That's true. Everyone's getting smurdered. Did you, did you say smurdered? Smurdered. Like a smushmortion? Gotta cut that one out, too. Well, um, no, it's it's like an inside joke between us. Oh, okay. Guy asked, why are you gay? <laughs> That's a great fucking meme. Dude, he fucking cracks me up. Why are um, you gay? All right, so this is actually a great... So, have you seen the one, the Ugandan Knuckles meme? The, do you know the way? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's like an old meme. There's a place in Arkansas that's called the Queen because he goes, can you take me to the Queen? <laughs> and oh, oh, my God, I it was like 20 miles out of the way. And I really wanted to go and we're on a time crunch. And I hate that I didn't go see the Queen. <laughs> I, I was it was right there. I feel like that would have been one of those where if you'd gone, your wife would have been like, are you fucking kidding me right now? We're going to drive all the way over here for this. Yeah, we'd already driven cross country at that point and you know, <laughs> screaming kids. There was no reason to, to do that. <laughs> Oh, babe, it's for a meme. For... That's for a meme. All right, this is a good question. 
and maybe it's not true, but maybe you can dispel some rumors. Why doesn't LAPD use radio mics? Dude, that is a fucking huge pet peeve of mine. Cause I, I'm probably the only, I, so in my station, I think I can only see, I can only name one or two other officers who use radio mics and nobody else uses them. I'm like, dude, you really want to be holding a brick in your hand while shooting somebody. Like, is that really what you want? It's, and, it's the stupidest fucking shit I've ever heard of. And other officers fucking roast the shit out of LAP all the time. And it's deserved because it's, you know, I think it's tactically unsound, but, um, you know, it fucking looks cool. It's tradition. But um, so that's it. That's the only that's reason it. is tradition. Because they think it looks cool and it's traditional to not have it. And, you know, and I'll be honest, I think a lot of officers don't know how to get one because they think that they have to buy their own or they think they have to fill out paperwork to get it but you can uh if any LAPD officers are listening you just need to go to the pab or police admin building go to uh the radio supply division and they'll give you one no no paperwork needed your yeah, pieces too yeah that's um police post i think did a video on that where the guy's like holding his fucking holding his fucking mic or holding his radio in one hand shooting the other like you have two fucking hands you shoot better with two fucking hands on the gun you know i think Every single LAPD shooting video I've seen has been radio in one hand, gun in the other, except for one where I remember a guy had a earpiece. But it's 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 and you know it's funny because if you watch uh, episodes of LAPD Life on the Beat back in the '90s or early 2000s, you'll see officers with speaker mics, and you're like, where do those go? Like nobody uses them anymore. Like we we try to be more traditional now than we did back in the '90s, and how does that work? So makes no sense to me. This is maybe one of my favorite questions on here. How many explosions do you all experience during main character pursuits? During main, <laughs> main character <laughs> pursuits? Um, I can't say I've experienced that. Uh, explosions. No, yeah, no, I, I typically, I'm only stuck uh, with pursuing side characters. So that even then, because I feel like if I pursued a, a main character, the department might actually back me and not write me out of policy, but I haven't gotten the fortune of doing that, so. All right, so you guys will have to help me with this. Do you guys have a lot of TikTok cops in your area? Because I had a question that said there's a lot of TikTokers out in L.A. Not that I'm aware. Yeah, of. I can I can name one, and he's he's pretty big. I'm not gonna give him I, any. Credit, I can but... name one. She was really big. Had an OnlyFans, and is God. now no longer with the department. Oh. It caused a lot of controversy. That's disgusting. Where? <laughs> what? I think she moved to like Ohio or Iowa, I, somewhere like really? that. Iowa she, huh? again with the Iowa and Ohio. <laughs> yeah, everyone's moving there. Interesting. I, I, I want to. I kind of want to know who that is because I, there. <laughs> I can I, message you. Okay. On the side. Not okay. Let's yeah. just be clear. I want to know who it is because I want them mm. on the podcast. No, let's mm. not do that again. I don't want. I don't want it just because. You know, here's the thing. I don't pay for porn. All right. Anybody that pays for porn, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. <laughs> There's so much fucking free porn. You're ridiculous. You shouldn't <laughs> even look at porn. It's bad for your brain. All right. Allegedly. Yeah, that's Allegedly. right. I can't even <laughs> fucking see anymore. I'm going fucking blind. All right. <laughs> You're laughing. Um, because you covered your fucking eyes, dude. That's why. Uh, but anyway, that's what you do. I'm a good Christian boy. But <laughs> I thought, like, I need to get an OnlyFans cop on the podcast. It would be fucking awesome. But oh, God, I asked, it would be content gold. 
though. Oh, I, I will. I will say you'll. A lot well, of these I started with Vera. DJs will tune in. So. I started with Vera out in New York, and she t- she said no. Ah. And oh. Then, yeah, and then she's the lap I, dance one, right? Yeah, that's the lap. Hold dance. on, you're telling me that you can't pick up a fucking girl to do your podcast? Hold on, what? Why are Why are you yelling at me? What are we? All right, I I get a little. Wow. What do you mean I can't get a girl? To, to, to do a podcast with you. I can get girls to do the podcast, but I want an OnlyFans girl to do the podcast. Yeah. Because I I just want, I want to understand, like, the mindset there. Because in the example I want to give is that I had, I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about this, but I, there was somebody in a department in Colorado that did it. She worked, uh, I think, Arapahoe County, and she was a lieutenant, and she got found out, and she acted like she's this fucking victim um out of all this shit so i and i made a bunch of memes making fun of her so she's probably seen them but i sent her a message and i said hey i would like to you know come you come on the podcast tell your story because i want to hear the perspective from her because maybe there's something i'm missing but like i i don't know i it's fucking crazy to me oh we started with tiktok it's crazy to me that i've done like polls and granted it's not scientific but People have a bigger problem with cops doing TikToks than they do with cops on OnlyFans. And I'm like, I mean, like, I hate the dancing shit and like the look at me bullshit on 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 uh, TikTok and Instagram. But the fucking doing pornography and you're a cop, like, I think that's probably on another level. But that's apparently people disagree with me on that. I don't know. I think it is on another level. But the thing is, the TikTok, because like when you're doing your OnlyFans, uh, well, not that I have firsthand experience, but I, I don't. Yeah, think they do want you, to Eddie? Get out there. Uh-huh. Come on, Eddie. Hey, how do you think I can afford all this uh, nice? He stuff dresses. He have? dresses in fucking diapers and uh, oh. sucks from a baby bottle on him. <laughs> I, 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 I cater to a very only. specific, very specific niche of people. Uh, yeah, I feel like the TikTok people really, really want to get their shit out there, but the OnlyFans people, they want people to watch it, but they don't want anybody from their work to see it. So I think that's why everybody at the work has seen it. Oh, yeah. Once once they get found out, it's that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, though. If you didn't put your face in it, which I again, the the, another layer of paying for porn, like I don't think weirdos are going to pay for porn if your face isn't on it. I could be wrong. I mean, some people just do Uh... the fucking feet thing. That's weird. But like if your face wasn't there, then I mean, like you're probably really not identifiable. Who gives a fuck? That's true. I don't know. That's okay. true. But I don't think they get the I don't think these creators will get the same satisfaction of not putting their own face in it. And I think those are I think that is what separates the TikTok people from the OnlyFans people. Because if you're a TikTok person, there's no way you're not gonna put your face in that. If, yeah, if, and if I, you I you know, and I, I'm not even on TikTok because it just it kind of like drives me nuts. But like, you know, people will send me them and they're just so cringe. Like, you know, he's like you know, working out at the gym and like, you know, I got to do this so I can come home at night. And it's like, nobody cares. Go fucking work out, dude. Like nobody Super fucking cringe. cares. It, and that's, I don't know. That's the whole thing with social media. You know, I think everybody's guilty to it. I mean, I'm a guilty to it. And I extent on the podcast. I tell stories about my family. Nobody gives a fuck, but it, it's like this fucking look at me shit. Like just stop. Nobody fucking cares. Just go, go on with your day. I don't know. Anyway, enough. I'm going to fucking get mad about social media cops. So we need to move on. Would you like me to send you the page? 
Of course. Still or no? Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Edu educational that. purposes. Only. Educational oh. purposes only. Um, where yo collar pins at? The fuck are collar pins? Okay, I don't know what the fuck that is. Come on, buddy. This is a this is a friend of the podcast wrote that. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. The collars is a New York thing. I don't think it's a thing. You guys don't call your you guys call them fucking hooks, right? Or rest or. Oh, collar pin. Oh, so that's what they're talking about. Yeah, they're saying they're saying that. Yeah, East Coast thing is calling them collars. So they get they get awards for arresting people. Is that what I'm hearing, dude? I've heard, what I've heard in New York, like if you make a hundred arrests in your career, you're a fucking all star because of how long the process takes. Really? Yes. I think I make a. I. I I'm, I'm gonna sound like I'm tooting here, but I feel like. You'd probably end up making like several hundred arrests in a year just and based on calls alone and if you don't go out and look for it just because every call turns into a fucking arrest here and yeah, it, I, I would say i'll say what you will by lapd but it seems a little bit more streamlined our booking process and all that so yeah that's i think in bigger cities that's a huge problem it's just some of the administrative shit that's just fucking stupid that's not well thought out at all it's just, it's basically like you know what it basically is, is when they pave the road and they just kind of keep putting layers on the road, but they don't like yeah. do anything on the under. That like, that's right, actually. Yeah. So like, you know, 50 years ago, they had this policy and then they kind of tweaked it a little bit, but they didn't think about like what it actually meant now. And so they keep adding these policies onto another policy and this paperwork on top of another paper that you, you end up not actually needing any of it. And it's like all this fucking duplication. It's it's the stupidest shit ever. Like it's especially now, now with how much how crazy good technology is. You telling me you can't find a program that okay, you want fucking three forms about that has the same shit? Okay, why can't we fill it in one place and it autofills? And we'll say like, we, we still do our reports on Microsoft Word and we'll print them out. Well, we'll my watch my computer signs a physical paper. Really? Yeah, my department has a pretty cool program where let's say we type in like a name and they've been like arrested before or whatever. We can like kind of autofill certain information, like their birthday, their like ethnicity and stuff like that. Well, so, oh, no. So it it was starting to get better towards the end or at my department. It was actually starting to get a lot better because you could you could search somebody up, as my kids would say, search them up. And then uh -huh. you could pre-fill their information into the report. So that was getting better. But the, okay. the funniest one to me was the affidavits. The actual affidavit, you had to like every single page. Like, I don't want to give too much away because I'll give away my department. But, well, to some people, I, I think in my department, everybody fucking knows by now. Fucking big mouths. But, hi, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's two sheets we had to fill out for the affidavit. One was like more of the charging stuff. But then there was actual affidavit that had the charging stuff and you had to fill out each sheet. And it was just it sounds like bitching, but it's like it would just be so much quicker if one of those sheets could prefill the other sheet. It, I see it, what you mean. Yeah, it's so stupid. Anyway, it, so to piggyback off that. So I'll give an example of how crazy it is for us is if like if I have court coming up for a case and I wanted to see a copy of my own police report. And if I didn't have it saved on like my drive or whatever, I'd have to physically walk into the records office, pull out some like paper files, dig through the files for the right number, 
and to find the report, make a photocopy of it and stick it in my pocket if I wanted to. And I like, really, there's no way of digitizing this. Like, I, I don't understand. Yeah, that's fucking fucking nuts, to be honest, that you guys are printing shit out in Word. Like, that's tradition. That's insane. Tradition. Fucking insane that there's not like an actual report writing program. Now, this is maybe one of the most important questions. Do they have the best tacos in L.A.? Yes. We have the best tacos in L.A. I will fight motherfucker who tries to contest that. It's kind of hard to fuck up a taco. No, it's really easy. What? Tacos White people like do it all the time. That is the most racist shit I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> God, this is the Ground first time beef? Like, we need real That's true. carne fuck asada. That. No, like, no, no. Yeah, what is that? Ground beef. turkey? Okay, hold on a second. I, I'm i with you with Asada. Like, if you're going to get a taco, you got to be fucking good fucking meat. You're, we're on the same page. But I'm just saying, even with, like, fucking ground beef, you can still make a delicious taco. Is it as good as a taco in L.A.? Probably not. But it's, still, it's like pizza, right? Like, pizza... There's so many different types of flavors and styles of pizza. It's all good. Why are we hating on specific types of pizza? Chicago pizza, deep dish, is good. New York is good. I'm sure there's mm-hmm. good pizza in L.A. The Colorado has good mountain The gluten-free pizza. shit. Gluten-free. Ugh, that's gross. Affogato yeah. pizza. You guys all have Botox, right? Like, that's a prerequisite to live oh, yeah. down there. Botox. Yes. Yeah. You have to have it to be hired with LAPD. I, you know what cracks me up is like the people that fucking Botox the shit out of their face or be like the first people to talk about like health and fitness and shit. <laughs> Fuck yourself. Or like now we have a lot of people with like botched lip injections and we see it every day. Dude, it's disgusting. And and a lot of them are, are the ones that complain about, oh my God, society is so hard on how our image, body image issues. And it's like, dude, you fucked up your face. It's like you gave yourself body image issues. Here, let's talk about tradition since that's been a, a big topic here. All right. So maybe I'm crazy about this, but I went I went bald my mid twenties. I got I could do a nice comb over if I wanted to, but oh, no. not you too. The but the top <laughs> the top is the top is not there. Okay. <laughs> but I never thought to like go get like whatever to get my hair back because I was like, I'm not supposed to have hair. Why fight it? It wasn't you know, in the cards for you. It wasn't it wasn't in the cards for me. I'm not supposed to have hair. All right. I'm not gonna have hair. <laughs> I eat a bunch of bad fucking food, but I'm like, I'm just putting a bunch of chemicals and weird shit in my hair. Like who fucking cares? You know, if no. if my wife doesn't love me because I don't have hair, then that's that's on her. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. a so I I guess I'm a traditionalist when it comes to that type of stuff. Like, all right. I mean, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, ladies, you got hairy arms. If you want to shave your arms, go ahead. I'm not saying that, but like fucking shave your armpits. Can we be honest about that? <laughs> fucking shave your armpits. It's gross. Yeah. I'm going to get canceled for body shaming. It's gross. It's gross. Let's be honest. Like you're playing basketball with a dude and he has like big floppy fucking armpits and it's sweating on you. That's gross too. But just, I don't know. I don't know why we're talking about this. We need to move on. Let's see. Did I strike a nerve? No. Are you sure? I apologize. Yeah. Oh my god, I work with a bunch of dudes. You think I would get like offended? <laughs> I've heard worse shit. I don't know. My whole point though 
in all of this. Don't fight nature, except your arm hair and your pubes. You got to shave those. Everybody's got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, it's funny. Like, I just went on this whole rant about, about, you know, being natural and like not putting shit in my hair. God, I mean, God gave us pubes for some reason, right? Yeah. Apparently, back in the day, it was like lube. It helped things glide or something. No. I've heard that. I've heard of that. No. That's some like anthropology shit, though. Oh, there's a reason it's there. Uh, no. All right. One of the worst memes I've ever seen. It, I mean, it was the funniest meme I've ever. Oh, I'll have to find it. But it was some meme about like having sex like back before there were showers and stuff. And it was basically like everybody had um, clothespins on their nose and stuff. Oh, God. So it's like in L.A. now. <laughs> like intense city sex. Holy yeah. fuck. That's got to be. That gross. is true. We should we should check out the transient population. And they're immune to everything. They don't catch anything because they're they have they don't it all. Die of fentanyl they overdoses because they're fucking cockroaches. I guess we should probably get back on track here. We got kind of weird um, <laughs> that happens here. What is the chief public safety threat in LA from a street cop's perspective? Transients. And what do you, say you know, you know, it, it sounds like I'm making a joke, but I think I would say like eighty percent of my calls are transient related, and because by that nature that it's also mental mental health and drug related and people who have mental health issues and are high on drugs are erratic so a lot of times our calls are about the homeless population because they're either attacking other people or they're going to attack us dude you're an ignorant slut you know that they just need to be given houses everything will be fine give them a house yeah that's true and a sex dungeon of course that I mean, that's a given. But here, here's what you do: Do you have mental health issues that are not treated? Give them a house. Yes. Are you addicted to meth? Give them a house. Yeah, but I crisis don't get a house over. It's too expensive. Crisis yeah. over. Mind-boggling. Uh, that I mean, I talked about it a couple podcasts ago, but it just again, it's like I li- feel like we live in bizarro world where it's racist to assume that people are as smart as us and able to get the same necessities in life and ID registration that, that, that is not racist somehow, but people living on the street that have these fucking huge issues, we just need to give them houses and that would make everything better. Like, are you fucking clinically insane? They are. I just upside down fucking world, man. It's crazy. How many Crown Vicks are left in the fleet? There are surprisingly a lot in uh, not so every division. Bro, you print shit out on Word. I'm not surprised every, at all. <laughs> every station <laughs> has a different fleet. Um, but so like in my division, all the Crown Vicks are pretty much only for supervisors. Uh, but then a lot of other divisions, there are a lot of Crown Vicks and you end up checking one out. So there, there's a lot left. I don't but think there's a lot in my department. It's all Ford Exploders now for us. Yeah. For them. So this must be somebody from New York's finest. They want to know what it's like to feel second behind NYPD. Um, it's okay. You know, I get paid no matter what. So I don't give a shit. NYPD wishes they were LAPD. Oh, I want to see about LAPD. I, I, I'm, I'm going to ride or die for LAPD 
because they're the ones who made SWAT happen to the rest of the world. And whenever I see a use of force for NYPD, sorry, boys and girls, but it does not look as good as LAPD's. <laughs> LAPD officers always look more professional in their uses of force than NYPD. There's officers. a reason why I was talking about that earlier. Yeah, I have to and be honest, though. I, I have to add on to that. I think it's because, and not trying to brag, but kind of, as a California law enforcement officer, we have a more rigorous training, like academy-wise, more than any other state. And more is placed upon us to be taught and more that is taught to us and we learn more than other states. So I think that's why, like, when you see uses of LA force- people should shut the fuck up about tacos. What's this? Well, you never met one before? So they fucking talk about. Hey, you like tacos? Let's get some tacos. You know who's got great tacos? Well, these guys have the best tacos. You like tacos, right? Tacos, tacos, tacos. Venice Beach tacos. It's fucking fish steak or cornitas wrapped in tortitas. How good can it fucking be? He's right. There. LA people shut the fuck up about hiking, too. What's this? Why, you never met one of them before? That's all they fucking talk about. I've never been on this hike before. This is the best hike I've ever been on before. Hiking, hiking, hiking. Runyon Canyon. Hiking, hiking, hiking. Just an asshole's word for walking. I wasn't born yesterday. It's all tacos and hikes. Hikes and tacos. Why don't you have a hike while you have a taco, you fucking asshole? Long but how are you to know that hikings and tacos aren't better in LA? I, I just, I feel like the New York people would appreciate that right now. <laughs> um, yeah. I gotta say, I fucking hate Venice Beach. And if you're a tourist, stay the hell away from Venice Beach. Stay away from the Santa Monica Pier, too. You know, it's better. Stay away from downtown bad. LA. Stay away. I got to be honest, though. Um, I agree with uh, generally it appears that LAPD is more professional and California does have more rigorous standards, but it is still fucking California. Although New York that, that, is still true. awful. I always thought it would be the coolest fucking thing to be a beat cop in New York. Oh, yeah. There's, like there's something about foot, it. Fucking foot patrol, fucking beat cop in your neighborhood. I think that would be like the fucking pinnacle of a, like a street cop. I thought that would be so fucking cool. Dude, now, if you that's, and I did a foot beat together, we'd probably stop walking pass after out. a few blocks. I don't yeah. think we could do a foot beat. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, though? It would just be cool to have like like that's your fucking beat. And, you know, the the story, New York, you know, NYPD shit. I, I always and granted my family's from the East Coast. So I always that would be like. I always thought that'd be cool, but let's be honest. That's not like real right now. Like it'd be fucking God awful right now. Yeah, that's true. I I don't know if it's true, but I've heard they can't even use proper body weight to subdue suspects anymore. That is my understanding because it compresses Whoa. on the, the lungs and it's basically the same as uh carotid or which carot the whole carotid thing got fucking totally blown. That is actually like a legit fucking thing but mm -hmm. cops can't use that like credit suspects lives it does that's what people don't fucking Dude, understand there's there's an lapd video where uh, this is i want to say two or three years ago and they were chasing a suspect with a gun in a downtown area and the suspect was trying to reach for his gun so they carotted him and he fell asleep and now they think about it, i'm like if i need to do, if i need to deal with that situation now i'd probably have to blow his brains out it's ridiculous well and that's that's exactly the thing is they made it a law in colorado that chokeholds are illegal so that takes a tool off a tool belt where it's like, all right, well, I could have tried this. Now I'm going to have to fucking smoke him. It's yeah. ridiculous. So it's so stupid, like knee jerk reactions to one fucking dude did something bad in Minneapolis. And like we said earlier, it's a huge lack of critical thinking because 
they don't understand what the carotid restraint is. They don't understand what it does, what its purpose, or how it's properly applied. They see anything regarding to the neck, like, oh, shoot, that's deadly force, right? And now see, for us, the, we can't even use it as a deadly force option. Well, to go back to my bitch before about, like, the, a lot of the onus on this is on police departments, because when all this shit was going on, I and maybe I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't see any police department standing up and saying, Oh, no, hold on a second. This is a good tool. We need this. They all fell in line. All the big yep. departments fell in line and said, all right, nope, we're not doing it. Like, I get that. Yes, I get that law enforcement, you know, we answer to the people, but we are also the subject matter experts. And we should at least present to the people, hey, this is actually can be a good thing when when used properly. I made my decision uh, on carotid because of the lack of training I got on it. And when I say the lack of training, I mean more like the lack of practice. I looked at the carotid as like more of a life or death type thing. Like I wasn't going to, you know, our, our policy allowed it a little more. What's the word? It gave you a little bit of leeway on it, but I kind of looked at it as there is a chance that I could kill somebody doing this. I'm going to, this is going to be like top tier, like really fucking bad situation where I feel like my, probably my only other option would be deadly force. That was kind of the way I I looked at it. When I came on the job, carotid was already classified as a deadly force situation. But for other agencies surrounding us, like it was like a regular tool they use in almost every use of force and they they're good at it. And I remember my buddies would show me videos because they work at other agencies and they're like, yeah, this dude was six foot something, whatever, 200 pounds. And they would put the guy to sleep and that's it. And it's, it's safe for everybody involved. Now they don't have to come to blows and break people's shoulders and rip out joints and stuff with the, you know, jujitsu stuff they teach us. So, I don't know. Yeah. Do I know, right? I'm just a fucking ghetto street cop. You're just the guy that has to do it every day. Yeah. All right. Urban dictionary guys here. Here we go. The question is, is have they ever given someone the Los Angeles smog? Oh, that sounds dirty already. I, I can't say that I have, but I also don't know what the hell it is. So please enlighten me. All right. Let me Google it right now. All right. The Los Angeles smog, the sexual act of rubbing your salty skin baton and baby powder and proceeding. Oh my God. To anally plunder your partner. When the anal is done, the person receiving the anal poundage then releases his or her stanky butt wind into the (laughs) other person's face, resembling the smog that covers the city of Los Angeles. Oh God! I can't say that that's been experienced before. I mean, no. Never seen it. No, that's probably there's a, a regular there's a second, thing in the tents, though. There's a second definition under Los Angeles smog pump. When a woman gives a wet hand job on the top floor of a skyscraper in LA and finishes him over the edge. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh man, this bird just pooped on me. Ew! It did. No, that was the, that would be. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Oh I just ruined god. it. I ruined it. You ruined my fucking. Oh my god. I'm sorry. You ruined an already poorly made podcast. It's very poorly made. Uh, we talked about that. Why does LA even exist? Well, probably because we don't. Many, it shouldn't. Forty yeah. people. How many? How many people live there? Like forty million? Is that like a made up stat? Uh, sure. Yeah, I don't. Sure. I should know that. It's like isn't it ten million? Or seven million. I think it went down because there was a mass exodus and starting in 2020. Yeah, good for them. 
This is a good question for an LA cop. What's the best way to get human feces off your boot? Oh, dude, I've actually dealt with this so many times. So, um, grass and a lot of hosing. And so we have a, we have a little hose in our gas pumps at the station. So I spent maybe a good 15 minutes there just, uh, you know, causing the drought single-handedly, just trying to get shit off my boot. Are the Dodgers going to sign Juan Soto? I actually don't watch baseball. We're I'm, not I'm Dodgers shameful. fans. Oh, man. Not- the really PD cops uh, crying right now. So we've had a lot of fun, even though it was a little serious at the beginning. But we've, we've come to the conclusion of the podcast, and I have some dumb questions for both of you. Jamie. Mm-hmm. Did you make any rookie mistakes? Like, what is the stupidest thing you did as a rookie? Oh, my God. Hold on. I really have to think. I'm so excited for this question. Oh, hold on. I feel like I, here's the thing. I feel like I fuck up on a daily basis. So it's like, how can I pick out of all my fuck ups? Slap dick. I, yeah, I really am. Hold on. We got to come back. Okay. I'll try well, to think Ed, of something. Eddie, what do you got? So my very first day, uh, first day out of the academy, first day on the, on the road, my very first traffic stop ever in my policing career, which I was so excited to do, pull somebody over and I uh, try to get out of the car. And I, I was like, this isn't working. Why am I not getting out of the car? And my seatbelt was still on. No, oh. it, it was great. It was, it was a great moment. And uh, my FTO was already out of the door, so I didn't see it. But it was, it was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, that's a little rough. <laughs> uh, Jamie, did you come up with something? No, I honestly feel like I fuck up. <laughs> I swear, I tell Eddie this all the time, that somebody needs to follow me around with a camera and we need to do like a reality TV series just to see how many times I fuck up and how Gosh. many like how many stupid things I've done. I mean, like it's not like I break policy. It's just that like... Never, ever. We would never and that. We never break policy. It's just that... I'm a very like, how, how would you describe me? Like, I, uh, I, don't I, I that's appropriate. <laughs> well, well, no, I, I, yeah, no, I'm not definitely not going to answer that. What? I'm just very I like, Mary, thank you. Sh- shut up. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a good story. And it, what kills me is that I'm going to remember it once we're done with this podcast. Yeah. That is the story of my fucking life, editing these things, because I'll be listening and I'm like, oh, I should have said that there. I should have said this there. I should have asked this. <laughs> Don't worry. It happens. Yeah. How about remember. this, Jamie? What's the proudest moment of your career? These are surprisingly wholesome questions. I know. I thought I was going to get some. These are your questions. I wanted some dumb questions. So let's see. I remember there's this time where an inmate had had a seizure, like multiple times like throughout the week and i just remember leaving um that housing location that the inmate was in after already helping the nurses with that inmate having a seizure she was having like a seizure for like 20 minutes 30 minutes and then and then the inmates were like oh my god cops are here to help us and i was like that's right we are here to help you guys even if you guys do stupid shit and then they're like back to being mad at me so it was kind of like a great moment for me to have them see like, oh, like they're human beings and they care about us. They're just not here to be dicks. What about you, Eddie? It's the proudest moment of your career. Um, I have I have a soft spot for elderly folks. So I, you know, when because when, a lot of people, when they get like missing persons calls, they're like, ah, yeah, here we go. Right. 
and for me it's like it to me it's a big deal because i think like is that what if that's my my mother what if that's my grandma and you know finding i, I remember we had an elderly lady i think she was 80 or something she was just wandering around the streets and you know to most people that's that's it is a big deal and i feel like a lot, a lot of times we get uh, jaded by that kind of thing we're like ah whatever it's just a missing person's call and i, I feel like so we went out and we looked for her and all that. We you know, actually were able to find her. So I, I really like that. That was one of the better moments in my career. That's cool, man. That That is wholesome right there. It's too Here, wholesome. Here's a question that you guys can both fight over why I asked. Uh, you guys have kids? No. We don't. I'm the yeah. kid in the relationship. I, yeah. I, I'm the fifth kid in our, our family. But if you guys had kids, would you want them to become a cop? Uh, sometimes I, I would, you know, I, I get proud and I'm like, oh, that'd be pretty fucking cool. Cause I, I know a lot of guys who have a, cause with LAPD, like if you have, um, you know, a parent on the department or something, they're retiring and you're coming on, you get tech, you can actually carry their badge. So I know a lot of people who have their badge from their dad or their mom who was on the job. And I think that's really cool. But another part of me, like yeah i don't i don't want them to i want them to have like you know be normal people and have a normal life experience and to to see the world from not such a shitty point of view but of course you know i'm not gonna force anything upon my kids if they want to do it they can do it and i'll help them to the best of my ability but that's i I I think my answer i think for them having parents who are both in law enforcement they're already going to perceive the world in a shitty way because we are going to be honest with them and we are gonna not sugarcoat things to say oh you know what yeah they're like we're gonna tell them like work stories they're gonna hear it and honestly i would say if they want to be law enforcement officers absolutely they can be because i think we would have prepared them enough to for them to realize the realities of the job but also the benefits that it could give them and i think we could really help them out but i gotta say if it was one of our kids going through my department's academy, I will for sure give them hell. So they will know that. Yeah. I, not gonna... I, bedtime yeah. is going to be really strange at you guys' house, you know? It is. Little it Jimmy's going to be, hey, yo. Little Jimmy's going to be, you know, two years old, wanting to hear about Elmo. All right. Now I want to hear, I want you to hear about this story now, son. Now, let me tell I you was, about a fatal collision I had. Let me tell you, yeah, I went to this fatal collision, and man, his head popped clean off. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Anyway, All good right. night. <laughs> yeah, the, I think that's, that's going to be our house. Jamie, what do you think the best patrol car of all time is? The Crown Pick. Hell yeah, brother, sister. <laughs> um, I mean, they, 2020, doesn't matter. Um, I'm offended. Of course. Uh, you're from God. L.A., so of course you're offended. Your fucking yeah. politics are ruining my country. For um, reals. <laughs> no cap. God. Eddie, best patrol car of all time. So, oh. best patrol car of all time. I'm going to already tell you right now, it's not the Dodge Charger. That thing's a piece of shit. That At shit least fucks up your back. That thing has caused me to lose years off my life. Uh, the Ford Explorer, love it's, it's got a lot of room in it, and I love being able to throw a bunch of shit in there. But nothing gives me patrol cop boner like a fucking crown pick. I'm gonna have to go crown pick. 
Dude, right. I drove one the first for the first time in a while the other day because I had to transport some kids and threw some car seats in there. And I was like, I was like, dude, I, I can't, I can't, you know, slam a hundred down the freeway with these kids in the back. Jamie, I need some confirmation on something. And okay. I'm hopefully that you are going to be one of the few females on the podcast that is actually truthful about this. Everybody poops their pants, right? Absolutely not. Come on. <laughs> Like, are you talking about inmates or or law enforcement officers? No, I mean, like, human beings, people of Earth. I've seen inmates do it. But have you done it? I have not done it. Not once? No. Never hit the cloth one time? Never. Never trusted a fart and it went the wrong way? Never. I don't believe you. What about you, Eddie? How how big is is the impact on the cloth to count? So I had some pretty close calls. Uh, I, I guess my vote would be any impact, but I mean, if you're if you're talking about an impact that you wouldn't even have to change your underwear, because there's also that really like counts. wet farts. That doesn't. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> it. Uh, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go with the salt. So here I'm gonna go with the solid no, but I have some good. I have a good close call story. All right, let's hear the close call. I had a I had a call. I was I was handling with a more senior officer. And I remember, I don't remember what I had that day to eat, but I got to the call, we we're handling it. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And I, I just, I felt the gurgles and I was like, nah, I, I can't do this. I can't stay here. And it was, it was one of those places where it's like, I can't take a shit here because it's, the building's nasty. I'm not going to, I'm probably going to catch something. So I, I, was, I ended up leaving my partner at a call and I, I probably ran over, I don't know, maybe I ran over pedestrian or whatever, but I, I drove as fast as I could. So I so tall. And I did exactly what you just heard there. And uh, yeah. <laughs> the poor hotel staff. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I'm going to put I'm going to throw Eddie underneath the bus now, too. I remember this one time he told me like he came home and he told me how like there is this other man in the restroom and he was literally banging on the door because it was like one of those one man restroom things. And he was like banging on the door because he really <laughs> had to go. That's also and a was- good close call story. And I was like, this poor man, he was just trying to like go pee or something like that. It it was even worse than that. It was worse than that because we have keys to these secure restrooms that for other city employees. And I was trying to open the door and he was was in there fighting for his life also. And he's like, (laughs) I hear him like, oh, it's it's occupied. Oh, shit. I almost interrupted his fun time. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think is we have to like think about each other in these situations. If you're in a one-man pooping stall in a busy area, you know there's people around, don't look at your phone, take care of business, move on. Because you don't know know who's who's outside of that door that's about to shit their pants. Now, in a, you know, you're in a Walmart, they got a bunch of stalls, you're good to go. Maybe take a look at your phone. Oh, Walmart, we're going real hood right like that? Look. (laughs) <laughs> Walmart's like the best we've got out here, okay? Not everybody's from LA with your fancy tacos and your fucking hikes and your <laughs> exceptional training that you can't use. I know. <laughs> How dare you? Walmart it's hood rat. Well, it's because Walmart's the only good? establishment there. That's Wait, all we what? got. That's all we got. I know. Get, it's Iowa. not very worldly. Yeah, we got Walmart, all right? Walmart's where you <sighs> hang out, right? And that's that's a Midwest thing. Like that's the only big thing around, you know. And if you get bored, you just go walk around the Walmart, you know. 
do a little window shopping. I, I like do it. that too. But we have we have Target. Possible. Dude, Target's so uppity. It's actually not. I think it's gotten worse. Really? It's, Target's have- great if you don't want to see a transient shitting themselves in the middle of the No, we've seen that before. How can you guys fucking live there? Like that's what that's what's mind-boggling to me about like the people in LA is that you guys just kind of like deal with it. Like there's not like a revolt, like, hey, we're tired of this shit. Literally. You guys are just like eh, another day in LA. Let's go get some fucking tacos where this transient shit's on the sidewalk. You guys need to fucking yeah. stand up. Take your city back. Yeah, no, Ooh. I don't I don't want to get put in prison. Thank you very much. Yeah. Have you seen the Bill Burr um at Red Rocks? Like his I little haven't. special. I it's on- really good. Yeah, he was like seriously imitating a homeless person who was like, hi, yelling over people eating their eggs Benedict in L.A. And I'm like, that is a such true statement. So L.A. It is. Well, when I say like take your city back, I don't necessarily mean like beat the shit out of people and throw them in the fucking Pacific. I mean, you know, like vote in people that aren't going to allow this shit, you know? I don't think I I don't think they wanted to change some of these people. Like You you would think. Sorry, go ahead. No, you you would think that they're tired of this shit too, and then they then the next election cycle comes by, and then you get the DA that wants to throw cops in prison, and it's like really like oh, we didn't even fucking talk about that, dude. They try to recall Gascon like three times. I think it's failed the first two times. I don't know about this third time. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, you said that you said that the population's going down, so people are kind of. I I see like. There was this big thing, I think, in the 50s where people left like the, you know, the really downtown areas, the really urban areas, and they moved to suburbia. I think people even in suburbia are like, this is fucking stupid. And they're starting to move out to places like Idaho and Iowa. They're just fucking tired of all this shit. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's I, what I did. I mean, you know, yeah, my profession their former profession had a, a, some some bearing on that but i just colorado is basically mini la the denver metro area is basically mini la all your fucking friends came and ruined my state so no hard feelings you're welcome you're welcome yeah. thanks a lot but i don't know i just it's weird to me that people like like you're saying like you can just live with people you know you're, you're like bang benedict with some homeless guys yelling at you it's crazy it's la it's la just la things well, I guess we should probably end it here. We'll start with okay, you. Bye. bye. <laughs> uh, I got off my rhythm and you f- totally fucked me there. <laughs> big face. Um, do you have any words of wisdom for the millions of people that are listening to this podcast someday? I feel like we have no brain cells left. That's racist. What do you mean? I said We. I don't know. I just fucking said it's racist because <laughs> everything's racist. You belong in LA now. Yeah, for real. You can declare everything racist. So you're an LA person. Yeah, everything is racist. Everything's transphobic. Everything's whatever phobic. Like it gets old, man. It just gets old. Any words of wisdom? Don't do this job. Wow, motivating as fuck. You, Eddie, you got anything for me, buddy? Words of wisdom. Um, young officers you lie you die if you get caught in a lie you're fucked even if you violate policy or you do something just take your lumps and move on but if you get caught in a lie you're gonna throw away your career and your pension 
that's some of the best fucking advice that you can ever get. Just fucking tell the truth. Because yep. if they're asking, they know the truth. Yep. Just don't 100%. fucking lie about it. Cameras are everywhere. Ooh, well, I've had so many partners lie to me. Say what now? Sorry, but I've had I've had some partners like I would ask them about like, oh, what happened in this use of force? And they'd lie about it and act like they were like the savior of this use of force, but they just ran away. I'm like, we saw you run away on the fucking camera and you're going to fucking lie to me. Don't don't lie to the people that matter. <laughs> yeah. for like real. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's just like another. That's that we can have like a four hour podcast on everybody's full of shit anymore and everybody's a fucking narcissist and everybody everyone lies to themselves mm-hmm. so they have their own truth that they that makes their existence better those are the same dudes that do tiktoks and instagram about fighting the evil you pretend doesn't exist dude we don't even know it exists and they're out there fighting it Fuck. <laughs> fucking hardcore well hey guys thank you for coming on and taking some time out of your wonderful evening in la it's still fucking early there it's like late here so you guys can still go get some tacos and get yelled at by a bum <laughs> yeah thank you for having us we really appreciate you. it well, you guys know what to do as always uh i appreciate all the support i can get and all the help i can get to keep this train rolling so the link at the end of the podcast you click on that bad boy and you can become a monthly donor comes you just i just say comes i'm fucking so tired uh but it uh you take a couple bucks every month that helps me out quite a bit and then I've got all kinds of fun, exciting merch, coins, all kinds of good stuff. My my buddies at Ghost Patch, we got some stuff going on. And then, of course, I got T-shirts. So always check that out. Good gift for uh, anybody that you're looking for a gift on their cop. I got a bunch of dumb shit they might like. And then, of course, take care of the fine, fine sponsors of the podcast. Because without them, I wouldn't be able to bring you this shitty content like I do as often as I do. So... With that said, remember, tacos really aren't that much better in L.A. And I want to see New York and LAPD fight it out in the Midwest. I would fucking pay cash money to see that. And I love most of you. Bye-bye.